getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. G'day folks, great to be back here in the hot seat. Uh, big thank you to Sammy Hewitt for filling in last week. Sammy, sterling job. Um, I know you prefer to be in the booth than in the uh, host chair, but I think you did a wonderful job uh, the times I could listen in. And also to Robbie for filling in for Sammy while I was away. And um, I didn't, I watched a fair bit of sport, but I did a heck of a lot of driving, which I do enjoy as well. Um, we're going to chuck the lines open for the first wee while until Alan Bunting gets here. We're not 100% sure when he'll get here. He has a press conference uh, announcement or something at 12.15 at New Zealand Rugby Rooms, which is just down the corridor. So once that's done, he's going to pop in here for a few minutes to have a chat about what the Black Ferns, um, you know, he's been in the, he joined as part of the coaching team for last year's World Cup and now he's head of operations for the Black Ferns. So we'll... Have a little catch up with him, probably about quarter to one. That's loosely when we think it's going to be. Also talking to Alicia Canavis, former Matilda, talking about that Matilda's performance. Saturday night, just incredible. Worked out perfectly viewing for us. Uh, I did watch the Warriors uh, and then turned over, got about the last 15 minutes of extra time and then the penalty shootout, which was just drama. The whole time, every penalty kick. My mother saying, it's not fair. They shouldn't do it this way. It's not fair. Um, but really keen on your reaction to what's happening in this FIFA Women's World Cup. It's just, it's bigger than being her. I, did, I thought it would be good, but it's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Going to talk to Louis Brown, 2 o'clock former Warrior. He's over in Los Angeles doing uh, having a bit of a holiday and a little bit of Earl's Collection work as well. But we'll talk through uh, the NRL round. Of course, the Warrior's getting another... Great win in the weekend against West Tigers. No, no, it was a win. wasn't a great win, it was a win. It was a win. Uh, and Jimmy Smith in the last hour, as we do, we'll go across the ditch. Double eight, double three is the Tampa Bear Post text machine number. Always happy to get your texts, and I always make a little bit of a contract with myself. If you take the time to text it in, I will do my very best to read them all out that come in. Uh, got to meet a few of our listeners actually, particularly in Wellington. Had a bit of time. I was in Wellington Thursday till Saturday. Uh, got to meet Gary from Upper Hutt, who's a regular caller. The painter decorator down there in Upper Hutt. Great fella. Grayson, another long time listener. Never called, never text. Uh, but good to meet them and good to hear you enjoy the show. Um, fantastic. Got to meet some, did a, did a couple of functions. Got to meet. Sit and yarn with Buck Shelford, Jimmy Cassidy, Noel Harris. Uh, caught up with a number of celebrities that were at a uh, function on 
Friday lunchtime down in Wellington, the Champions Lunch, which raised over $400,000 for the Life Flight Trust. Fantastic function, that is. 930 people in the new Wellington Convention Centre, which has only been opened for a month, and it's fully booked for the next 12 months. What a, jeez, something that, Wellington has needed for a long, long time. It is absolutely brilliant. And there was just a cast of thousands. Uh, Jason Pine, the wonderful man, was the MC of the event. And there was just a string of All Blacks and um, people like Rick Wells. Uh, there was Ian Jones, Josh Cronfeld. Our own Beaver was there. Ian Kirkpatrick, Graham Murray, uh, Sir Graham Henry, um, Jonah Nangwu. It was just amazing, and they raised $400,000 for the Life Flight Trust. Just absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But I want to hear from you about the results and things that were going on over the weekend. Uh, Because I was doing so much driving in the weekend, getting to and back from Wellington, the only matches I actually watched was the Warriors, the shootout. And I made it home about halfway through the first half of the Cyclones and watched the Turbos. And that's all I really got to watch. I see Auckland got beat. Um, I think they're a very good side um, still, but I didn't get to see Roger in the 15 jersey, so I'm keen to hear from people that watch that game, how he went at 15, how the Auckland team are looking. Um, Tasman, Canterbury, um, any of those teams. I thought the Cyclones were fantastic in the Farah Palmer Cup. Gee, they look good. They look fantastic. But uh, we'll chuck it open. The FIFA Women's World Cup, the NPC, I wasn't here when the All Blacks team was named. I'm pretty happy with that as well. Uh, 0800 150 811. Love to hear from you. Let's go to the first call, which is our great mate, Ed, from Tolaga Bay. Kia ora, Ed. Kia ora, my bro. Uh, welcome back. Just want to have a shout-out to um, the Otara Scorpions Rugby League Club. Yep. They won their grand final yesterday at Ericsson number 2. Awesome. Playing um, North Coast Tigers. What a great club North Coast Tigers is. But man, the game, Staffy, 30 nil they got up to, Altara, 30 nil. And uh, within the last 15 minutes, the North Coast Tigers put on 24 points. Wow. And in the, and in the last two minutes, they just about drew the game, oh man. <laughs> that must have been sitting back thinking this is quite comfy and then back they come roaring. Where yes. was it? Was it was it at yes. was it at Go Media Ericsson Stadium? Number two. Oh number two ground. Yeah, oh well oh, we still call it Ericsson or Mount Smart number two. Oh, go, yeah. go media. Yep, we better say the proper name, Go Media. Yeah. And so a good game. Was it a bit of a turnout, Ed? Yeah. Oh full on Otara supporters. Heads, but I was at work so I had to watch it on YouTube. Oh well. At least you're watching, mate. Hey, hey, hey Steph. Mm. Another one? East Coast went down to Wairarapa Bush by one point. Oh, I haven't even caught up with the Heartland, mate. It, it's all good. But hey, your Mitchell um, Crosswell, number eight, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mean. And, um, bro, Wairarapa Bush has got this uh, fullback that needs to play Super Rugby. Andre Taylor. Uh, yes, and man, did I Google him. <laughs> and boy, could he move. Oh, he was he was amazing. He played for Manawatu as a schoolboy. And he, he was That's close. He was close to All Black selection when he was playing for the Hurricanes. He was sort of fullback, a little bit of yeah. wing, really quick. And the flanker uh, for the Hurricanes, those two, uh, Fili, Fili Lavave? Oh, I forget his Fafili Lavave, yeah. Well, they, that's him. Well, they were in the same team. And now they're playing for the, oh, well, one's playing for the Cats, one's playing for um, Wild Rapper Bush. 
Oh, this Fafili going but, for East Coast again. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because his missus is from the coast. Ah, true. Yeah, yeah, Sammy yeah, Parks awesome. lining up again. Sammy Parks. He's the he's captain, Kasim. Oh, because Horny Hyder was back. So co-captains. Oh, Horny nice. Hyder had a stint with North Harbour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. But yeah, that's now, on Smitty's show, he goes, who do you hate the most? In sports, and I see a poverty Bay because when I was playing, I hated poverty. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I only just, I only just turned out. I never even lived in Tolaga Bay until I moved back there when the old man passed, and then automatically I just hated poverty Bay. But now I hate Warrior Bush. Love you, Stabby. See you later, bro. Cheers, buddy. Oh, Ed, you you make me feel at home, and so does this guy, Joey in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Welcome back, mate. Um, Look, I watched the Warrior. Uh, sorry, I watched the uh, one or two game, the Turbos yesterday, and um, uh, first half, mate, it was like um, first division were playing second division. Mm. I honestly, staff, I, I thought it was very poor. Mm. They were poor with the ball. Uh, they were running sideways. The backs weren't running onto the ball. The second half, when they brought on, um, they 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 filled the uh, reserves. Um, the Fords played very, very well, and, and um, they came back at, uh, at Taranaki and played quite well. Um, bit concerned about about our attack, the the um, the attack from the Turbos uh, uh, backline wise. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to see us score a few more tries out in the backs. Um, didn't really penetrate and didn't look like scoring a try in the backs, to be honest. Mm. But um, the Fords, um, once they got going and, and they got these uh, replacements on. But the first half, you know, 26-3 down, it could have been more stats. I mean, the, the uh, Taranaki scrum was unbelievable. Pushed the turbos off the ball um, twice, you know, and and um, and uh, and that. But um, a little, lot, of, lot, lot to work on. The fullback's very good, and so is the centre. The guy Brown, good footballer. Yeah. The fullback Wild, uh, very good player. Um, five eights, not bad. Uh, the halfback that came on, I thought, was a bit better than the um, halfback that started. But uh, a lot lot to work on. Um, but, yeah, the first half, if they'd played like that in the second half, mate, I would have been very, very worried. Yeah, 26-3 uh, at half-time, and then we kept them scoreless in the second half and got 26-17. The players I enjoy, I, I thought played well. Braden Yossi, I just think, is an outstanding captain, leader, and number eight. And I thought Jason Emery, his first game back with a busted hand. Um, he only had the screws out two or three weeks ago at second five. He went alright. But that hooker, Schwenke, when he came on, holy heck. Ball of muscle. Yeah. Yeah, well that's right. You know, and there is improvement. You know, I just just uh, a, bit, you know, a bit worried as I say about the backs, about scoring traumas. I like, you know, they they seem to be just um, going through the motions and running sideways. And, yeah. Um, actually, when Miller Scudder came on, they straightened it up a lot, a little bit, um, a little bit better. They've got to work on that for sure. But um, you know, I can see them going going a lot better. Um, and you know, like I always say, and they asked me last week, what was I going to say, Taff? And always, Taff, and always say, go the mighty Canterbury this week. Oh, gee whiz. But play like the That's second half. Play like the second half for both halves this coming week. You never know, mate. Yeah, well, it's fair. You can't, they can't, honestly, they look, not being, not being mean, but they look like a second division side playing a first division side in the first half. Yep, I agree. They look terrible. And that's, not, that's just how it was. But in the second half, 
the, the Fords, you know, with the changes they made, um, and the Fords, you know, stood up and, and, and they looked a lot better. As I said, the backs, they just need to do a few more variety or whatever. Um, you know, a couple of times there, they went backwards uh, with the ball, with the backs, you know, where you shouldn't, you know, if, you, if you've got foot for ball, mm. you shouldn't go forward. Not a, lot of, not a lot of size in the back, back line either, like second five centre, both quite small, one of the wings quite small, Drew Wild quite small. There's no punch, if you like. Yeah, that's what they lack—a little bit, of, a little bit of punch. But um, if they work on that, and uh, you know, the, and and as I said, the, the Fords played like they played in the second half, because um, that Taranaki pack's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, they are. They're very good. Typical Taranaki. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, twenty-six seventeen against Taranaki, it wasn't too bad. But um, just need to get a win on board to get rolling. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You, if you keep losing, you keep losing, you keep losing. It becomes oh here we go you know it's 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 like the NRL you know you you've, you've got to get that win and, and I can see that coming yeah um you know yeah let's hope it's still six teams without a win uh, after a couple of rounds and some teams have played three games as well um six teams without a win it won't stay like that let's hope we can get one Joey good man good to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, Cheers, buddy. Joey from Auckland, second favourite team, Manawatu. Love that. Mikey in Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Stacey. Welcome back. Yep, Sammy did a, did a great job on Country FM. I mean, sorry, SENZ. Um, <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> hey, um, in terms of sports, so after the Warriors game, I flipped over to watch that um, Matilda's um, French game. Yeah. And I found myself... Um, supporting the Australians, which so, is very strange same. for me, very weird. Um, in fact, got in such a heated argument with my wife about it. She's like, how can you fool an Australian? And she's called her Australian. Wow. So, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, South Americans and the Europeans have dominated football since day one. Um, oh, I guess North America and the women's game for the, um, for the USA team. That I was like, yeah, come on, come on, our cousin bros over the Tasman, and um, that was drama of the highest order, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, I, do, I just think like with this, if Australia were to go on and win this World Cup, I think it's good for New Zealand football as well. Like we are the co-hosts as well, and if Australia win it, it can only be good for us. Can only be good. Hundred percent agree, and. Uh, so there you go. I'm just throwing out there. I'm going to support an Australian team and, and go to Matildas. Mm. Are you going welcome to, back and you have a good day. Are you going to go and watch Canterbury Manawatu this weekend? Uh, that's possibly on the cards, yeah. Okay. Um, although, uh, do I go with sort of one eye shut or two eyes shut because you might get a bit of a thumping? Or well, well, I could send you down a Manawatu beanie if you'd like because it'll be cold. You can send me down a beanie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but you can see it down. You have to wear it. You can't polish your car with it. You have to wear it. <laughs> oh, jeez. How about if I just take it in my pocket and just a bit of solidarity there? But yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Good on you, mate. All right, mate. Take it Thank easy. Here he is, Mikey and Christchurch. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Paul and give us a yell as well. 0800 150 Love to hear from you. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Love to hear your thoughts on anything across the weekend of sport on 0800 150 That's our number. That's the number that Paul from Northland's phoned. G'day, Paul. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? Very well, thank you, sir. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, do we, it's quite strange moaning about a win for the Warriors, but um, uh, I was interested in the press conference with Andrew Webster talking about um, the mental space and Tohu also mentioning the the concentration lapses. Um, I'm just thinking, do, do we do a Ivan Cleary and rest some of these players? And I'm thinking of uh, SJ and Adam and maybe Tohu and even Mitch Barnett and, and maybe even bring in some Volkman, you know, he's playing well. I was watching that other game and even that guy going and there's a few in the New South Wales Cup team. You know, do, do we rest some of those players or, or do we just play on through and hopefully get in the top two position? Yeah, well, it's interesting because two weeks ago they had a bye, which was a rest as well. And yeah. I was sort of thinking was the bye, we, we were on an absolute tear uh, coming into the bye and I thought, oh, it's come at the right time. They can have a rest. We still get two points and then we've got no teams left in the top eight. But while I've been wins and I feel bad being critical about having wins because – I think both those last two games that the Warriors have had in years gone by, we would have lost them, uh, but they won them. Yeah. But it, I, am I, I'm just wondering, it's a question, I haven't got the answer, but did the bye come at the wrong time because we had all that momentum going? I, I, I think so. I think those boys do come at the wrong time uh, sometimes and definitely their last one did, you know, when you're on a roll. But um, in saying that, you know, I suppose it's a chance to get, get over some niggles and, um, yeah, I'm just... I'm just wondering, just worried about the run-in. So we've got three games to go and whether they can just keep that intensity because, now let's face it, you know, when you come up against the Tigers, I guess there will be an element of, you know, it's an easy game, if you know what I mean. And um, I just hope that doesn't creep into the their performances and hopefully we, we, we are, you know, a bit injury-free. Um, just a quick one on Dane Laurie. And he, 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 just correct me if I'm wrong, but he went off last week with an HIA. He doesn't return to the field. I was quite surprised to see him play uh, on Saturday night, um, and yeah. it just turns out that he was the star. He was the star of the show. So I don't know if there's a bit of skullduggery going on there, but and he definitely went off with an HIA and didn't return. So it's an 11, 11 match stand down. Yeah, or maybe maybe he passed the HIA, but they just sat him down anyway. Because I can't imagine if he failed the HIA, he'd be turning up again. Yeah, possibly, possibly, but no. Congratulations to the Waikato people for tuning out. It looked like an amazing atmosphere. Oh, didn't it, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's probably rivaled uh, what's going to be there on Friday night. It's, I think it's going to be a fine day on Friday night, so looking forward to dealing to Manly on Friday night, mate. Yeah, it'll be brilliant. And there's a lot of there'll, there'll be a few Manly supporters in the crowd, I'd imagine. Oh, there always is. There always is. Uh, I remember the last time they played Manly, there's... Yeah, then they've got their supporters. I mean, to be honest, before the Warriors came along, I was a Manly supporter with I was the too. Ridge and the, and the Iros. Yeah, I was oh, and Graham Lowe. I was a Manly supporter, so they're, they're not my second team. My second team's the Dolphins, but um, yeah, it can be a tricky game. But I'm just wondering, do we rest or, or is he going to pick his top side? It'd be interesting to see tomorrow. Yeah, well, I remember Webster. I think he was on running it straight, or he's on one of the shows on SENZ and he said he's just going to pick the best team every week I'm not interested in rest and rotation but I just wonder after those last two weeks if it, yeah. we, we might see a little change of tack I mean Adam Fenua Blake came off with quite a sore looking ankle Is he? Oh, he's not worth risking to me but um, no. yes, yeah, so it's tough uh, it's a tough thing it's a tough thing hey, hey, um, this, 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 uh, the quick one on 
this player, I've been watching him uh, going, Kalani going. He, he, he seems to be getting better and better for the New South Wales Cup. Someone told me he's he's related to Sid going, the, the old All Black. Do you know if it's it's right or? Sorry, say that again, sorry? Uh, Kalani going, playing for the New South Wales Cup. Someone someone told me he's a, a relative of uh, or, or grandchild of uh, Sid going, the famous All Black. Do you know if it's, it's correct or? Um, Sammy thinks think so. It's his, I remember reading about. It, so I think it's his, uh, it's his brother's grandson. grandson. I think, or something like. But, but related, right. they are uh, from the same family for sure. Oh, okay, of course, because he is from Auckland, so yeah, possibly. Yeah, wonderful name, the going name. All right, guys. Thank, hey, thanks, thanks. Have, have a good call on Saturday night, Sammy. You always do, mate. I enjoy it. Thanks, boy. Appreciate you. There, yeah, there is Paul from North. Just, just quickly on um, Dane Laurie. Yeah, that is interesting. I did look it up and he went off after 61 minutes. No return. It said HIA, no return. I do know that even though it's mandatory, the HIA, if if a doctor says there's no concussion symptoms, totally fine, I think they can get a dispensation. I didn't hear anything about that, though. So mm. it's pretty interesting. Just quickly as well, the other thing about, um, he mentioned Ivan Cleary, rest and pays. He did that last year, Ivan, in the last round. They'd wrapped up the minor premiership, but he hadn't. He didn't do it in 2020 or 2021. Um, so I don't think it's sort of an out-and-out out tactic that he does. Is the other thing, someone raised this with me last week when I talked about this. They said um, Ivan can rest his place because he knows what they and he knows what they can deliver and what they need to deliver as a team. Mm. Whereas the Warriors are still working themselves out. It's their first year together for this team. So in a way, Webby can't really he can't really rest them because he needs them to, to get going. Mm. Whereas Ivan knows the Panthers can get going. He doesn't need to see it. If they have an off night, he knows they'll come back. The Warriors are still trying to work that out. So can't really afford to, I think, rest players at all going into the finals. Yes, interesting times. Looking forward to teamless Tuesdays. Um, Alan Bunting's just arrived in our studio, so we'll take new sport on weather and the head coach of the Black Ferns straight after that. <laughs> Welcome back in, uh, just gone 12.30 and um, as I said, uh, we weren't quite sure when Bunts, uh, Alan Bunting was coming into the studio and he's in here now, uh, having just been down at New Zealand Rugby HQ. Bunts, uh, great to have you in studio at long last. Yeah, it's good to be here, Steffi. Um, the last time I uh, probably talked to you, you, you gave me this beautiful painting that's in back at home that I look at often and... It means a lot, lot to me after the Olympics. So yeah, it's good to you have to come in and connect with you. How much has your life changed since the World Seven Circuit? And then you obviously got the tap on the shoulder from Wayne Smith to join in in this World Cup campaign, which was it, it's mirroring what the FIFA Women's World Cup is doing for us here at the moment. Um, huge change for you. Yeah, massive change. You know, Sevens, what you know, what an amazing journey that was for me, and and you know, being able to. You know, build some relationships with those special ladies and watch you know watch the growth in them and you know where they've sort of where we started and where we got to and then um, come off the back of that and probably the biggest change for me is the ability to be around my young you know my young family a whole lot more up here in Auckland and be connected to their school a little bit more and their kid and, and you know even help out coach some of their, their rugby I reft in the weekend <laughs> got a bit of flat from a few parents but <laughs> But just being able to, you know, be at home and that was the whole sort of plan. Sevens, you know, we were based down the mount, so I was down there 
when we were at home from Monday to Friday and then when we were away, we were away. So that, that was pretty tough. But you know, me and my wife sat down, it would have been about 12 or 13 years ago now, and said far out, this team can go win a gold medal in the Olympics. And I mean, it did get delayed that year through COVID. And I was really thought about, geez, do I want to do this for another year? And we sat down and said, let's, you know, let's do this. We set up for this goal. Let's go finish this off. And then once we finished up there, I was, you know, I was ready. I was, you know, I felt fulfilled. I think I'd, have, you know, given the team everything I could give. It was time for change and new. And so I was at peace with that. And then sort of shifted off and didn't really have too many other plans. But Opiki came up, yep. so it was cool. I wanted to shift across to the 15s and. That was an opportunity to step in there, and then obviously, you know, Smithy, and then now. How much did you benefit from your reintroduction to 15s at the Black Ferns level, having the professor, Wayne Smith, alongside? How much did you learn off him? Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was an absolute blessing. You know, I, I, before that, actually, though, I, I got, you know, when, when I was with the Chiefs Manawa, I was full-time with the Chiefs men. For a bit, and I got a chance to spend quite a bit of time with Clayton and David Hill and Roger Andall and and Gets. There, the amazing management group. So you know, I got to watch you know the, the amount of detail that they they put into their work and their effort, and which is awesome. And then coming off the back of that and you know, meeting Smithy, and I remember when, he, when I talked to him the first time I had a Zoom, I was like, oh, I can't really believe him actually talking to you <laughs> and I've watched you from a distance and just watch what you've done and the influence he's had in, in rugby and then the opportunity to go and sort of stand alongside him and, and watch him learn and just, you know, he was on a mission. Um, you know, it was just busy every day trying to get this team to where it needed to get to and, you know, be able to experience that was, was pretty special and, you know, learned a heck of a lot. How different is a sevens athlete to a fifteens athlete? Um, I, I don't reckon it's it's too much different now. Now that you know, fifteens is shifting across to a professional area. Obviously, you know, sevens is, is a lot shorter and a lot more space you have to cover on 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 the field. So most of your 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 trainings are really anaerobic based. You're in that pain, you know, that painful state where you've got to make decisions and you know your skill set. You know, need to be be able to pass a lot wider and defend bigger spaces and. And there's you know, critical you know, errors over there can cost you, you know, one little error can cost you the whole game. A little bit of back check to a ref can cost you the whole game. You know, those little things are pretty critical. Whereas uh, 15s, you know, I think physically you still need to be able to move really quickly and often, And but it's more of an endurance game. You know, moving quickly and often for 80 minutes is... It's pretty tough. You know, some of our ladies that went across the 15s are like, wow, this game is long. <laughs> Which is good for me, you know, as you think far out, we're down by 20 points, but you've still got blooming a long time to go. You know, if you're down by 20 points and sevens and you've got two minutes, you can still do it, but oof, that time pressure. <laughs> that 15s, you've got a bit of time, eh? And you, you can really connect together as a team and, and you can make a lot of difference in, you know, in a couple of minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. 20 minutes. Mm. A while ago, World Rugby, New Zealand Rugby, can't sure who, can't remember who announced it, a World 15 competition. Now, I understand there's an announcement uh, tonight, I think it's 6.30 New Zealand time, about what sort of form that's going to take. What we do know is, um, I think it's three teams from the north, three teams from the south, part of which has already got underway. The one game we do know about uh, time, uh, venue, we've got Australia in Hamilton, thirtieth mm. of September. Now, very mm. different dynamic for the Black Ferns in that 
um, not quite as little as the Kiwis Rugby League team, but there's just not enough games for them, Bunts. For the Black Fiends? Yeah, oh, there, there's probably some coming, um, mm. but in the past, you know, like yeah. you, you can go a year and they have four or five games. Um, mm. This is our world champion team now, but it sounds like world rugby, all of the rugby associations around all the countries want more games for our women. Yeah, well, obviously I know a little bit more, so there is going to be more games, so I'm pretty um, definitely satisfied with what's coming. And uh, yeah, I think I think there's enough. And then with Opiki sort of, you know, growing a bit and, um, you know, us spending a bit more time together, uh, for, for me, you know, being a professional athlete, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's mm. not just something that you turn on when you've got test matches. It's, you know, you've got to change your whole life and... When you do have a break, you can't have a, a break. A break break, you know, no. You've got to stay ready. Mm. You, know, you got to you can release your mind. It's good to not have a schedule. But yeah, you know, your body's really good at getting comfortable and going backwards. You know, the further back you go, the harder it is to, to get up. And, you know, my experience through the sevens, ladies, you know, the ones that always got better and better and better, never went back that far, they sort of... But once you, you know, learn, you know, having, living a lifestyle like that, it's good for you. It's good for your health. It's good... Good, you know, you're going to be a mother one day and you know, inspire your next bit, and you know, you want to live for a long time and bring up your, your young ones and your grandchildren. So, mm. yeah, so yeah, it's a lifestyle, and you know, you know, you got to train hard for a long time to, you know, over two or three years to keep getting the shifts. And but that's the exciting thing about the 15, you know, there's going to be more time and more games and competitions, so you know, the, the growth is pretty exciting. From the outside looking in, um, right through your sevens time, and, I, and I'm sure you're taking it into the 15s, I've always viewed you as a person that cares about the athlete first rather than the result. You care about them first and then the results will come. Now in the sevens environment, you probably had about 16-odd girls. Now you got 35. <laughs> um, you're having to get to know a lot of new athletes and what makes them tick was that one of the first things you really wanted to get sorted yeah well, it's something that I I just did you know I wasn't really intentional about for me it's always been about human you know and re- relationships and understanding uh, what really drives people what people really value in their lives and you know once you really understand that and then you really support that you know think different things happen um, you know, it's always been the human first for me. You know, you know, things happen in life. Rugby's this beautiful thing that we get to play that you know gives us a, a life beyond our wildest dreams. But you know, life will always come first for me. And um, and it's not just the, you know the sport; it's the career outside the sport. You know, our, our ladies having something outside that they're excited about that they're putting energy in is is important mm. you know, not all the eggs in one basket you know which means pressure is even higher with the rugby and when you've got something outside of rugby that you're really passionate about that you're doing alongside stuff it's 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 really important you know cause rugby can end any day but it's this beautiful thing if you keep putting energy into it and but you don't want to be scared you don't want to be afraid of not not doing well whenever you play you want to be free and you know, that's probably been the blessing for me is you know we get our athletes with their feet firmly on the ground, know know who they are and you know what they stand for, their real purpose for being there, what the, what their true values are that align to our team values and what we're trying to achieve, uh, you know, achieve as a team. But that that takes time. You know, you can't build a relationship with somebody in one hour. No, you know, you you just got time. You can't force it. 
you know, this is what you what you talk about when you catch up. Farrah Palmer Cup. I watch um, I watch every Cyclones game. Massive Manawatu fan, uh, <laughs> and usually one other across mm. the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, just we're just a, two or three rounds into the Farrah Palmer Cup mm. already. The schoolgirls playing. Uh, Manawatu's halfback still at school. Yeah. The schoolgirls playing for Taranaki. I know they're yeah. getting pumped on the scoreboard, but I just love it. Uh, the left wing from Manawatu. Have a good look yeah, at her. No, they're all right here. I watched. I watched the game live down in Silverdale. There's some really exciting young talent, Um, and I guess you have to cast your eye across all the Farah Palmer. Part of the vision that I have is building depth. You know, there's there's one way to get a you know your top team, and then we can drive them. But when you've got people coming up underneath them, um, you know that that keeps everybody on their toes, and you know it's exciting. It's you know the World Cup really did have an impact. Mm. You know, got these young ladies. There's 40. And under 18 players in our FBC at the moment. 40? Yeah. Wow. And, you know, these young, you know, when our black fans came back from two and we didn't play in that first week, it was probably the most exciting week for me. You've seen players that you didn't see for a long time. Um, yeah, you'd never seen before, and then all these names popped up, but far out watching the FBC games is pretty exciting. You know, I'm looking forward to another weekend. And I watched a few now. I've got a couple to catch up on. And, yeah, like you said, the, the talent coming through is, you know, that they've, they've seen... At first hand, you know what it you know what it is like to be a black fern, and the, you know, that that excites me. And you can just feel this evolution and drive from all these young players coming through, which is was definitely definitely exciting. Well, we'll we have to duck off because we're running out of time. Uh, we're looking forward to. I've actually seen the announcement, but it is embargoed, and I'm not one of those media people that breaches <laughs> embargoes. But um, six thirty, I guess. I guess we'll have it after six thirty. It's exciting, exciting mm-hmm. time for our women rugby players, and we're not just going to have the odd game against Australia. This is meaningful stuff at the end of this year. Can't wait, Bunce. I bet you can't either. Yeah, like I said, I'm. I'm pretty excited. Exciting about just the growth on Windsor Rugby. Awesome. Alan Bunting, head coach of the Black Ferns. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Steffi. There is. Alan Bunting, we'll come back after a short break. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Oh, fantastic to get Alan Bunting and Sherry. He's a wonderful man. Um, got to know him a little bit. Uh, just a great fella. Uh, Paul sent through a message. Sorry, Paul. Um, just before we had to let him go, just saying, Staff, looking at the Farah Palmer Cup player turnover from one season to the other seems high, especially in the championship teams. What's his thoughts on this? How do we stop that? Yeah, a few, a few have dropped away, actually, and they've let some of the, the youngsters in. Um, when he said, what did he say? There's 40 under 20s, or was it under 18? 40 of them in the Farah Palmer Cup. And um, <clears throat> as I say, I've watched a lot of the Cyclones and they've got a schoolgirl at halfback, uh, two young wings. Um, and just in the ad break, actually, we were just talking a little bit more during the ad break. Um, he was talking about how impressed he was with one of the Auckland wings who ran rings around Ruby Tui. And he said he's never seen Ruby Tui run around like that. Um, and he's got um, there's some pretty exciting stuff coming up so do listen out for the announcement at 6.30 he told me a couple of things that are not in that embargoed well are not in the release but it'll probably come out later on tonight so exciting future for women's rugby <coughs> here in New Zealand excuse me um, 
couple of text messages. Actually, one that was sent to Smithy's show, and he said he left it there for me. Uh, it's from doesn't say. Hi, Smithy. We'll call it Staffy now. Man- went to the Manawatu game last night. It was $35 for an adult. Four cans of Heineken, and it's the only thing you can drink. Uh, Beer-wise, cost 32 bucks for eights. $8 a Heineken. Absolutely no one in the stand. It makes zero sense. I think we have a really good rugby... I think we have really good rugby admin in New Zealand, but unfortunately our unions <coughs> are infected by ex-players as leaders who have zero business experience make it 10 bucks fill up the stand it's better than a couple of people and that was what was there paying 35 dollars surely i just went on to the website and you're right i think it was 32.50 and probably a two dollar fifty booking fee into the grandstand um i went and looked on the canterbury website if you want to go to the manawatu game this weekend you can actually get not in the start well ga tickets 10 bucks two kids free or was it 12 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that with two kids free. Manawatu general admission, so not in the grandstand, that was 15. But it was a foul, foul weather day. Uh, there was an absolute weather bomb hit the Cyclones game and a lot of people left because it looked like it was settled in for a long, long time and quite a few people left. Um, I don't know if you were there for the Cyclones game, this text, but a lot of people left. Uh, thinking it was going to be there a while. It did eventually clear up, but it does concern me, the lack of people going to NPC games. It has for quite a long time. I actually was going to go yesterday, but I still had to drive to Auckland, so I wouldn't have left there till I would have got home about one in the morning. It didn't make much sense to me. Anyway, double eight, double three. I'll get some more of your text messages after this break. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Got a text in from Rooster. He's a hurricane on the Gold Coast. What a good rooster. Uh, Watch out for the Australian juniors coming through the sevens. They have two young Kiwi girls from King's College on the Gold Coast. They won the World Girl Sevens in Japan, beating Manukura convincingly. Hoping we are looking at Kiwi kids over here for future teams. I think sevens, I think Japan's going to get really good at sevens. I really do. Um, it's, a, it's a massive growth. Women's rugby is a massive growth. Uh, what else have we got? Someone's saying here to be to be discussing resting the Warriors is a joke of a conversation. We can't be saying we were a bit lacklustre and more improvement is, in, is required. And then on the other hand, talk about resting come finals time when we still need time in the saddle with chemistry and combinations with players. I actually think you're in the same camp as Andrew Webster, the coach, uh, that texter. Thank you, sir, or madam. Um, on the NPC crowds, we, we get decent crowds at the Naki. I think it all depends where you go. Some places will support, some won't up the Naki. Up the Naki. Hey, Staffy, uh, read the Women's World Cup. This is from James. I'm the coach of the Ellerslie Under-16 Girls Gold football team. And for two weeks in a row, we've been lucky enough to play on the FIFA training grounds that have been returned to the clubs. These are premier fields, and we are certainly not a premier team. So it's nice that clubs are doing their bit to promote the game to young girls. That warms my heart, James. That's great. Love it. And Ken has come through with the goods. I wanted an update on Auckland and how Roger went because I didn't watch it. 
and he says staff on Auckland they struggled the first 40 but a lot of these guys like Tuipiloto Angus Ta'aval Roger Tuivasa-Shek Lamb and others haven't played much rugby and Zahn Sullivan only a second start in the 10 jersey Roger should be playing 12 and Akira was the best player 70 metres and 17 tackles not as bad as it sounds Roger Tuivasa-Shek was okay but nothing flashy yet thank you Ken can always rely on you another round of soup of super of uh, NPC Farah Palmer Heartland the whole shebang this weekend after the break we're bringing Louis Brown uh, forward an hour because he's off to a Drake concert is it Sam yeah, he's off to a Drake concert in LA so we'll catch up with Louis before he gets rocking from lunch through to tea this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ that in week one I think it was when we started this show uh, two years ago and joining us now uh, love chatting to Louis Brown before we go we should have played some Drake out actually because he's getting kitted up he's getting his medallions out and his platform shoes Sharky Louis Brown joins us out of LA g'day Louis how you going Steph good mate when does Drake start I in, in a few hours mate so just trying to Trying to get ready for that. I'm um, just on a little holiday over here. Um, first time I've been on holiday since actually um, my last footy season. So um, yeah, it's good to good to get on a holiday, mate. And um, you're just 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 sussing things out over here. And and yeah, it's like 30 degrees and the weather's beautiful. Getting a bit of a tan in the middle of winter. Yeah. Couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Louis, um, there's been a bit of a theme over the last uh, few weeks slash months of people throwing stuff at Drake on the stage. Um, I know particularly um, bits of attire of the female variety. You haven't got a, <laughs> yeah. you haven't got a couple of pieces of earls that you're just going to throw on stage for Drake, <laughs> are you? Uh, I, I don't think I don't think um, in any of our collection have got any double Ds. So uh, <laughs> I, think that's the only, I, I think that's the only thing he wants throwing up there. To be honest with you, so um, um, I'm not too sure how he would react if I throw a pair of bloody uh, Earl shorts up there. What's your favourite Drake song? <laughs> oh, man, where'd I start? Plenty. Uh, um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, probably uh, there's one called he, he Sings on Scorpion called Jaded. It's a pretty good song. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's yeah. have a look at the round that was. Uh, Thursday night, Penrith just did Penrith things, beating the Seagulls 24-12. Yeah, just just too easy once again. But and then then again, saying that I, I thought uh, Manly uh, really stuck it to them. Um, you know, Manly come out there with their waves. Obviously, there was that uh, that technique that they sort of uh, ran with. You know, um, you know, trying to kick back and, and trying to catch uh, Penrith off guard. And, and you know, unfortunately, they got caught out there. Um, you know, the the, the Manly Seagulls where they were, you know, playing the old school game days when they were kicking it back. So, you know, once again, too classy though, Penrith. Um, you know, they. 
you know, the Broncos this weekend go on to a, go on to a bye, so they get that two points. So, and then, you know, obviously the Panthers host Parramatta um, at at home, um, which is, you know, sort of always been that tricky side. So, uh, a big game for Penrith this weekend as well. You know, it's it's basically Parramatta's do or die now. So, uh, but yeah, easy win, easy but polished win for um, the Panthers, and you know, also another um, another stepping stone uh, for them. You know, getting ready for uh, make sure they're peaking for for final series. You just mentioned the. Broncos and the Eels. Jeez, uh, the Broncos performance of the season potentially. Yeah, I think I think uh, the way that they played, the way you know, and 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 the way that they're structured, you know, they've got that, they've finally got that structure, you know, but they've also got the ad lib footy and and they could be all over the field. And um, you know, I really really think you know we're all talking about Reese Walsh and the way that he's playing, but. I'm just I'm really excited the way the way that Ezra Mann is really uh, complimenting and Adam Reynolds really taking that really playing that six role, uh, you know, is roving a bit. He, he's turning up in places where you wouldn't really see sixes. He's a bit like Cody Walker, great support player. Um, but where to for the Parramatta Eels now? Um, you know, sort of for them. Um, you know, they got sort of dusted off the park, but you know, the, the performance of the season, I, I, I think. At the moment, um, you know, we're, we're probably looking at the team to beat is, is the Broncos. You know, they can turn the Jets on anywhere at the moment. One team that a lot of people have put the line through, and I'd have to put my hand up and say I was probably one of them, uh, the Sharks now find themselves back uh, fighting, fifth on the table, really good win in the weekend against the Titans. They, they have to go up to Townsville and take on the Cowboys, but the Sharks have thrown themselves back into contention. Yeah, once again, like just throwing themselves back into contention. I don't, I don't, I think out of the show, I don't know if they're coming or going at the moment, but uh, <laughs> this weekend they're coming and, uh, you know, they, they played well. Um, you know, they're, they're, I feel like they're a real, they're like Fitzy's a real uh, coach that prides himself in defense. Um, so he'd be happy with the six points. And then obviously, um, Nico Hines, um, the way he plays dictates terms, um, you know, and, and, and he did that on, on the weekend against the Titans. Uh, once again, the Titans showed glimpses, but. Yeah, they look a bit lost at the moment. Um, but the Sharks are looking great. I, I think, you know, that there's someone that's sitting just outside the four. Um, and once again, we, we talk about it where they have a good win and they go cold. So, you know, I'll see how they, how they, how they, how they back up this week. But, you know, if they can find some form heading in towards the back end of the season, um, you know, you know, we can they can trouble any team anyway. Um, we'll leave the Warriors till last. Uh, but the <laughs> Rabbitohs and the Dragons... Um, it, it takes a brave man to put the line through the Rabbitohs, doesn't it? Even though they really haven't fired. They're in eighth. If Latrell can stay on the field, they're going to trouble anything. Yeah, once again, I just think the way that he plays, um, the way he can turn it on, um, the way that you know he 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 is their sort of lifeline, if you, if you know what I mean, and. I think this weekend, uh, once again, they showed a great performance against the Dragons. Uh, just really disappointed in the Dragons this year. They always seem to start really strong, and but they've just been sort of lackluster. Obviously, a lot of drama behind, you know, the coach getting dismissed. Uh, but probably, you know, a, a smoky for the game of the round this week would would be maybe the Rabbitohs versus the Knights. You know, that's mm-hmm. eight versus seventh, and and there's only one one point separates. You know um, the Rabbitohs and and the Knights, um, so that's a smoky for game of the round, which I'm picking. Um, you know, I think I think we'll sort of see uh, where the Rabbitohs are at. That's a game that they should probably win. Um, and you know, you know, over in the TAB, over in um, in Australia, or sports bet over in Australia, you know, they're, they're still paying 
they've got the um, they've got the Rabbitohs at seven fifty to win the comp. You know that's that's you know that's higher than the, the Warriors are. So um, you know they're, they're a real team that can turn on the Jets. Um, and this weekend, you know the Knights have finally found some form. Um, but obviously a bit of a worry. Jackson Hastings heading off. Um, you know, obviously hobbling off. So that, that I'm looking forward to that game. Actually, that'll be a game to sort of see where both teams are at. We're heading into the last, you know, last the couple of rounds of the, um, the the regular season. Yeah, the Knights have been the real entertainers lately. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. I think Caelan Pong has been great. I really, I feel like. Um, I felt like him opting out of the, you know, the Origin series um, has really helped his game. Um, probably helping him with a lot of confidence with himself as well. You know that head knock stuff. Um, you know, it, you know, as a player, um, when you sort of get, you know, sort of tapered, like taped with a sort of a, uh, you know, head knock or injury prone. Um, you know, he's he's gone through a few games now where, you know, the first two few games back, you're kind of grimacing for him to go into contact, but you know, he's really put him on the back and he, he's going well. And um, you know, they're, they're they're a real great a young kid that actually works for Mount Earls. It's the, it's his uh, favourite team, so I think it's the first time he's seen. He's only about 22, so I think it's the first time he's seen him in the top eight since he's about four. So um, I'm happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> Another team that can really trouble teams, and they troubled us, the Warriors, is the. Ra- um, geez, the storm just demolished them. Yeah, once again, like I just, it's just such a topsy turvy. You, you know that 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 top. You know, there's 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 that top top five teams that you know can beat anyone and really you know turn the Jets on um, on their day. Um, you know, Panthers, Broncos, Warriors, Storm. And the Sharks and the Rabbitohs to an extent. And, you know, the Storm on their day, when they get it right, they're hard to beat. And, you know, this weekend they're up against the Dragons. But just just demolish them, I think, you know, through the middle of the ruck, fast ruck, and just on the edges, you know, the way the way Jerome Hughes and, and, and that are popping up. And, you know, for that, the people that don't really follow the Queensland Cup, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen uh, got through 80 minutes of, of – uh, of footy, um, set one try up, um, two I think got two line breaks and, and two try assists for the Sunshine Coast. So, you know, having him back leading into you know the final series, um, you know, anything could happen. So, uh, you know, it's looking good for the Storm, and they're always there or thereabouts. And you know, when things go well for them, um, they can get it right, especially if they can get Harry Grant firing, get Pappenhausen back at the right like right time, adds a bit of X factor. Um, you know, Munster and Hughes, you know, they come up with the big plays all the time. West Tigers, watching them play the Warriors, hard to believe they've only got 12 competition points. They they, they never quit. Um, did the Tigers play well or are the Warriors just a bit scratchy at the moment? The last two games coming off the bye, just I feel like the bye, they lost their momentum. Yeah, by loss of momentum, but you know something I'm I'm, I'm really, really proud of is, is, is just the way that, you know, like we, usually we would lose these games if you know what I mean and, mm. and and you know the way we went about it with the Raiders and you know we we, we held our composure you know we dug deep we you know we we set up well um we 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 won by a field goal and obviously in the weekend against you know a Tigers team anytime you play against a, a team with Uppy Coruscant at dummy half um it's hard you get fast rucks and you know a lot of the time you know that brings young players like Dane Laurie um into the game and I thought he was outstanding that young buller at the back um uh, great support players um you know they the, they're at the back end of the season where these young players that are coming into first grade they got you know they got nothing to lose and they really want to play for you know their, their spot next year obviously with Benji taking over and um yeah I, I just think you know, it, it's a great way for the, us to win. Um, and, and, you know, leading into the, the finals, um, you know, we, we need 
to polish up on a few things. But I think uh, Webby, Webby knows that we probably haven't hit our peak now. And um, I think, you know, uh, it was probably a great performance by the by the Tigers. They are, are a great attacking team with Uppy there at dummy half. But, yeah, probably a little bit of an unpolished performance. But good to see that we're, we're a team now that can win those games, even if it is unpolished. But once again, completion rates up around, you know, the 70s. Um, and any time, you know, we, we saw what Sean can do. Um, he's having a great season. Um, Metcalf, but I just really felt like, you know, Adam Fanua, Blake, and, and Tohu Harris, you know, they're, they're just two players that are really informed at the moment. We've got someone that can, and Adam, that can, you know, play 71 minutes in the middle. Um, you know, there's not many props going around that and be effective for that whole 71 minutes. I think that's a real trait of his. I think it's something that, no other really front row offers you apart from Payne Huss maybe um, offers you in the front row. Um, and then Tohu Harris, we all know what, we can do, what he can do. And I think Tohu's starting to get his legs back under him again. You know, he's had a few problems with his knees. Um, and, and, you know, what we saw what he could do with Mitch Barnett, put it straight through that hole. And he's a great ball player. We, we all know he used to play on the edge. And, you know, he, he used to play six for the Kiwis as well. He's, he, he played a test there against England. Um I just, I was just really, really happy with our, the way our, our middle held up, and that's gonna, that's, that's where it starts when it comes finals time, and I really think that we've got the middle to do it. Eight o'clock Friday night, this Friday, live commentary here on ECNZ, the Sea Eagles. Now, you'd think the Warriors being third and the Sea Eagles twelfth, it should be a relatively comfortable win. But I'm always worried when we play the Sea Eagles. When you played for the Warriors at home here, there's lots of Sea Eagles fans in New Zealand. Um, yep. Uh, that banana skin when type I, scenario, yeah, but well, when uh, I played when I played for the Warriors, I never met bit Manly once. Really? So my whole my whole career with the Warriors, I never bit Manly once. We met. I bit them in a trial at North Harbour Stadium. I count that as maybe half, but not <laughs> quite one. Um, but never bit them. Never got to beat them. Um, they were always the bogey side for me uh, and, the, and 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 the Warriors. And uh, you know, like like you said, um, I think. You know, coming off the back end of the, these last two games, uh, where it hasn't been quite polished, um, and we, we would all like to probably say that Manly's probably underachieved. You know, they've had obviously Toby Turbo's out, but you know they've got enough strike power around there to, to, to beat some decent teams, and they were in the fight on 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 the on you know earlier in the week against the Panthers, and you know they they can, you know they've got a good core bunch of players, like Cherry Evans, who can. You know, he's showing his, his wealth and experience, um, you know, in that number seven jumper for a long time. Great person, great player. Um, you know, they won't be coming over. And Siebs, um, you know, Anthony Seabold's not the type of person to be, you know, making big changes and stuff like that. And, and what we can see when, you know, young Schuster's on, on fire, what he can do. So this is a game that would probably test to see where we're at. You know, it's, it's probably a team that we're playing against that deserves to probably, could be, you know, muster for that, you know, the eight, seven spot. Um, and they're probably underachieved there. So I think it's, you know, for us, it's a really, really important game just to see where we're at and, you know, if we can fix up, you know, the last couple of weeks. But, you know, great. We don't have to travel for this one. Let's just straight back up the highway, back to Auckland, uh, get a good recovery in. And, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, the boys are probably finish finish off the, the the video today see where they went wrong uh polish up because you know once again you know the the, the run against the seagulls you know probably over the last 10 years hasn't been great and you know they are, they are a bit of a bogey side but they're also a good side for us to test where we're at for you know heading into the last two rounds as well uh talking to louis brown former warrior and kiwi louis last question if Payne haas gave you a call and said what do you reckon i should do louis what would you tell him uh, I I just tell him follow his heart. You know, at the end of the day, um, he, he's got to do what he's got to do for his career. Um, and 
you know, like we we all understand we only get one shot at this, um, and you know I, I believe you know the the, the players um, deserve what they deserve. You know, having popped out the other side um, and seen what in- injuries you, you carry on to normal life and and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I know we signed up to play, and and that's the whole. But this started off as as, as young kids, you know, as a passion. So at the end of the day, mate, he's got to do what 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 he feels right for him. It's his life. Um, and I'll be honest with you, as soon as you retire, mate, no one, no one cares about you. So uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, for him, um, just follow his heart and, and do what he's got to do. But I think for him, um, the biggest job this year is bringing a, bringing a premiership to Brisbane. But uh, hopefully, you know, um, hope that they won't be getting past the Warriors, hopefully, anyway. Make no mistake, Louis, you're retired and we still care about you, OK? Just make no mistake. Oh, I, you're about the only two boys. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it. <laughs> oh, very last thing. Do you know what Drake's real name is? Yeah, Aubrey. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say yell out. We, we, we love you, Aubrey. Get up the mosh pit. Yeah. We love you, Aubrey. Yeah. Aubrey, isn't, yeah. it, isn't it like a sort of like a grandmother's name? Or? No, I think you're thinking of Audrey. Audrey. Yeah, oh, okay, Audrey. so Aubrey is the male. Yeah. The Aubrey, male Drake, Drake. The, male, the male version. <laughs> There's Louis and Louise. If you get, you kind of get it, you know? True. <laughs> True. <laughs> hey, Louis. Well, I was, was going to be called Charlie Rose if I was a girl, mum reckons, but I, I'm good now. <laughs> oh, jeez, Charlie Rose joining us. I know that Charlie doesn't Rose Brown, Charlie Rose from the NRLW. Awesome, Louis. Have a banger of a holiday, mate. We'll catch up. Cheers, boys. You're a bunch of legends. Cheers, mate. There he is, Louis Brown, the legend himself, uh, talking about the NRL. Yeah, Aubrey Drake Graham. Aubrey Drake Graham, 36 years old. And I just know Sammy's going to go and find it, some some music of Drake that we can uh, play. Great to catch up with uh, Louis Brown there, as we do each and every Monday, usually 2 o'clock, but he had a Drake concert to go to. So... Um, We've bumped our football correspondent, uh, Alicia Canavis, former Matilda. She'll be joining us after 2 o'clock. Just on the NRL, Sammy. Um, yeah, oh, just quickly, I did try and sort of look up some Drake stuff, um, but you just can't trust whether or not it's uh, the clean version or the, or the you know, the but street when you, version. But when, when you search it, you put clean. Yeah, but, like, I can't, I can't play it off... You know, YouTube, I have to have it in the system. So oh, I went right. and looked at it in the system. I just wasn't, I just didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to take the risk. But there are a couple in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I might grab something. What's your favourite Drake song? I don't know any. Ah. Well, I'd know them, but I don't know what they're called. Mm. I don't know what they're called. And when he said, oh, good question, there's so many, um, uh, I thought, oh, he's the same as me. He doesn't know. Doesn't know. And he just quickly on the phone. And, and then he just hit a song, gave us the album. Jaded. He knows. Jaded. Jaded off Scorpion. Mm. Yeah. Um, Good weekend at NRL for you, Sam. Did you enjoy? Oh, I thought you about us like good weekend on the punt because I did terribly um, at the NRL. Yeah, it was um, interesting for a couple of reasons. Penrith not the best against the Seagulls. People thought, oh well, look there, there goes Sammy's point. Penrith are unbeatable. The man who needed to beat them, but I almost think that is the measure of Penrith that they didn't play anywhere near their best football and still beat them by four, was it twelve or fourteen points? Twelve, yeah, twenty-four, um, twelve. You know, and and did look reasonably in control um, of the game. Penrith and Manly's not a sort of a slouch team. Um, and then the Broncos. I mean, like you said, performance of the year. That to me is just a very, very scary proposition to come up against in the finals. I asked Kempi the question on Saturday night of Reese Walsh, who you know is a freak. Um, but he also came up with five errors, and he leads the NRL in errors, and does it doesn't always pay off. But like, are you are you okay? Like your team wins by fifty points. Are you actually okay with that? A guy who is rocks and diamonds, but the diamonds are going to give you 
20 points and the yeah. rocks might cost you 10. You know what I mean? Like 10 diamonds, six rocks. Yeah, you know, but it might sort of play out. It might sort of pay out for you. So um, they're playing that that sort of risk-free football and, you know, like Kurt Cape was phenomenal as well for them on Friday night. So I'm very scared of them in the next, if, if we face them, well, we will face them probably in the first round. And then um, the Knights without Jackson Hastings, I think that's a big dent on them because um, they've been flying, man. They were flying. I actually half gave the Bulldogs a chance yesterday thinking that, you know, getting guys back into the side, they came off the back of a very, very poor performance last week. Generally, teams sort of turn that around. and uh, But the Knights just crushed them. But no Jackson Hastings, that'll be big for them. I, I will maintain that the Canberra Raiders are committing ladder fraud. Um, they are committing ladder fraud and they will get found out. They do not deserve to be in the top eight, Steph. I don't they're care. They're sixth. I know, they just don't deserve to be there. They are go through this, I need to go through and actually have a proper look at their schedule, but I know, I know they beat Penrith. That's about the only proper scalp they've taken. Everyone else around that top eight, they've been pants by and they've, they've towed up all the teams in the bottom. They're almost like the Sharks. But it's funny, like I think Melbourne are going to be a real challenger to those top four teams um, when they get Pappy back. I mean, the performance yesterday without Pappenhausen, but throw him back in there and he just seems like he's straight back into it. Pappenhausen two tries, a try assist for that game for the Jets. Um... Interesting thing Louis Brown said mm. uh, in Sportsbet, and I can confirm the Rabbitohs are paying $7.50 yeah, to win the title. New Zealand TAB, $13. Yeah, you got to jump on that, I reckon. Almost double. Seven so th- for, I'm just saying the people that poo-poo the odds at the TAB, it's yeah. nearly double. And what are the what are the Warriors on Sportsbet? Because I guarantee the Rabbitohs are lower than the Warriors. 13. Yeah. So, you and know. 12 with the New Zealand TAB. Yeah, it's funny, eh? It's funny that they have the Rabbitohs so high. I, I still think the Rabbitohs can sort I'd of say turn that it on. There'll be a massive liability on them at sports they don't want any more money on them right. um, just quickly before mm-hmm. we go can mm-hmm. you just remind me if it was finished now it's Panthers Broncos Warriors Storm yeah. is it Panthers is it one place four correct two place three yep. loser gets a life correct loser plays the winners of the other the winners of the five through eight yeah so you finish five through eight you basically got to win three games in a row to get to the grand final if you finish in the top four you only have to win two um, unless you lose and then you do have to go through three but Look, I'm scared to throw out predictions, Steph, because it gets put on social media and I get absolutely lambasted by the uh, Warriors fan base. But if I was taking my biased Warriors head off people and making a prediction, I would say we might struggle in that first week um, against Brisbane and then, you know, second week elimination game could be against a South Sydney um, or, or a Melbourne if someone was to finish in that fourth spot. Mm. But it could be Souths, it could be the Sharks. I mean, Cowboys, Knights, very scary propositions, and then we'd have to go and play probably Penrith in the <laughs> third week. So it's going to be a very long run. I was going to ask Louis, well, I don't know, we've got to get to a break here. I was going to ask Louis, um, it feels like Warriors fans, myself included, are just wanting the Warriors to just towel a team up, yeah, to just, just put 50 points somewhere. on a team. Because it's it's... Certainly, I don't think Andrew Webb still be thinking like this, but the fan base is certainly wanting a bit more confidence going in. And so if you put 50 points on a team like the Tigers or the Dragons or whatever, I think that just gives people a little bit more to go off. At the moment, it's like, okay, we're scratching against teams that aren't very good and we're going to be coming up against Brisbane and Penrith. So, but people just need to be circumspect here, Steph, we're in year one of a turnaround and we're sitting in third and, it's, and, it's it's, and with a Dalia medalist probably it's it's the most remarkable turnaround I've Dalia seen Dalia medalist prop of the year coach of the year yeah. lock of the just year just be happy with that yeah I'm happy I'm happy we'll take a break getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch you're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ
Uh, good text from Cookie. Uh, remember, you can text the show whenever you want on double eight double three. That is the text line provided to us by Temper Bear Post. Uh, staff, I don't mind the Warriors having a bit of doubt about their game at present, uh, at the present point in time. I would have hated them to have reached the top four playoffs with a big head, if you know what I mean. Cookie, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Exactly the same. Um, that those scratchy wins in the last two weeks on the back of the bye will fuel, I think, if there was complacency at all, like a modicum of complacency, I think the last two weeks have eliminated that. And I've always thought any team with Daly Cherry Evans as the ringleader of any team, be it Manly, be it Queensland, be it the Kangaroos, they're in with a chance, doesn't matter who they're playing. He's a rugby league player I love to, I don't hate him, but I don't like playing against him. He, he just seems to be able to unpick teams. And teams that have got good halves, good halves are the teams that have troubled the Warriors this year. That's That's my observation. Anyway, we'll take a break for new sport and weather. We'll be right back uh, straight after Johnny Max updates. Just open up the TAB website uh, for a little bit of a TAB update for you. Uh, TAB.co.nz or the app. Uh, responsibility is required and also is 18 years of age. The NPC odds are out. And I always think there's a betting proposition um, after storm weeks, if, if you know what I mean. Um, Hawks Bay Waikato. They are playing. I have to clear my throat. Cleared. Uh, Hawks Bay Waikato are on Wednesday. $1.92 the pair. Coin flip. Now that's the second game of their storm weeks. So I'm not saying take them this week. But maybe maybe next week. Uh, I'm just going to have a little quick squiz. Um, gosh, I'm so slow at some of these things. Uh, so next week. Next Saturday, next weekend, Hawks Bay have got Auckland. Yeah, so they play and then they play... Waikato, and then on Saturday, gosh, that's a quick turnaround. They have Auckland and Waikato. They play Counties Monaco on Sunday, so an extra day. So I always keep an eye on the third game of Storm Week as an opportunity. But this Wednesday, Hawks Bay 192, Waikato 192. Counties Monaco are at home to Bay of Plenty. Bay of Plenty favourites, $1.37. They look pretty reasonable, actually, this year, Bay of Plenty. Counties at 310, home underdog, point start all day. North Harbour, Auckland. Now that's the one at Oniwa Domain, a battle of the bridge. Fantastic. North Harbour, I saw a glimpse. I think I might have seen some highlights of them in the weekend. They look pretty handy as well. Uh, Auckland are about $3, uh, sorry, three point favourites, $1.62. North Harbour, $2.35. Wellington, very polished, very polished team with a little bit of rust every now and then. But when they click, Peter Luckey, gosh, he's a player of the few, well, player of the present, but all black and waiting. I believe Peter Luckey, $1.07 Wellington, Southland 7.50, who are brave against Northland in the weekend. Canterbury Manawatu. Have a guess, Sam. Canterbury Manawatu. Have a guess. Canterbury. Head to head. 
Mm-mm. Oh, go the point star. Oh, point starters. 30 and a half. You're so close. 28 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Tough Oosh. times. Oosh. Tough times for the moody team. I, I tell you what, the turbos, geez, they've had a hard start to the season. What did they do? What's done? going on with the turbos, mate? Like, seriously, this they've been pretty, pretty poo for the last couple of years. Excuse me? Didn't they finish last last year? Didn't they get a single win last year? Didn't get a win. No. No. <laughs> so what? But they've started this year with... Um, uh, week week one, Wellington mm. champions, yeah. ran fairly shield holders. Mm-hmm. Week two, Taranaki. Okay, we did have them at home. I thought we'd be better. Won the second half, mm-hmm. uh, and then we get Canterbury. Yeah, it's just like they. Well, I looked yes. at the draw before, and I thought, oh, it's zero three. And then guess who we got? Auckland. Oh, and then Tasman. This is all the top teams in the first five weeks. And then North Harbour at home. Um, so it's tough on Manawatu, it is. Maybe what we should do next time we get um, Andrew Webster on is just ask if he's ever contemplated going to Union. Oh, we'd take just, Of course he would. Turnarounds galore. Never stop my pride, but geez, it's, of course it's, not, but it's, I mean, it's a tough five weeks, you, mate. You are one of the rare people that actually yeah, supports a team rapidly to, despite them being dead last. Um, and you're not, it's funny too, because, and the Warriors are the exception to this because everyone's ridiculously passionate about them but quite often when teams are really poo everyone sort of steps away the ones that remain just get really fired up at you know the coach and this has got to change it's got to change whereas you are just like you're still positive even though you know there's clearly some big you know issues but I think part of it was quite a few years ago they were going to kick out three teams out of the MPC. Mm-hmm. Manawatu was one of them. Yeah. Um, and it was based on performance and finance and that sort of thing. And um, there was just a rallying cry. I, it was Manawatu. Uh, Manawatu, was it Tasman? Uh, might have even been before Tasman was around. It might yeah, have been yeah, Nelson yeah. Bays and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but they were going to kick us out. My pride is the green jersey playing. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. every time a Manawatu uh, Turbo, uh, I struggle with that name, the Manawatu team or the Manawatu Cyclones. Why do you struggle get, with the Turbos? Because they're Manawatu. Okay. Uh, they've always been Manawatu. Um, they go out and they play for me. And I know they get beaten. <laughs> I know they get flogged. But it's just like we're still there. We're still competing. We're still with the Leicester City. One day again, Sam. One well, day again. I hope so. I actually hope that the NPC. Not that this is happening because I see a headline coming up from stuff about the New Zealand rugby boss saying that it's unfeasible or something. Untenable in its present form. Yeah. Well, I would love to see the NPC like a Premier League or an NRL where you just get multiple winners. It just I know Taranaki won, won it a couple of years ago, didn't they? But outside of that, it's like it's the Canterbury's, it's the Wellingtons, it's the Waikato's, it's the Auckland's. Well, Tasman got a couple as well, I think. Yeah, but, I guess but, Tasman But, are but good. see, to, for Tasman to get it, you know, the checkbook comes out. and Correct. They had all the All Blacks. And like, it's so hard, like we've seen with the Warriors, it's so hard to recruit when you go and cack. It is Correct. so hard to recruit. But that's why I'm saying maybe there needs to be some sort of draft or salary cap system where, you know, and, and it goes back to, um, I guess not all black. I'm just saying, like, you don't want those best teams losing all their best players to, to um, representative teams. But, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of salary cap type thing they can do where it gets spread. I just would like to see more winners staff in the NPC so that it's not just the same big, big provinces recycling. Yeah, I, I think these. I don't know if Harbour's it's the same and Northland's or, the same. You know, these guys have never really been 
at the top or you know certainly not consistently no you've got to go back to the 70s and 80s I mean yeah I just want a little bit more equality um, but it seems a bit unfair yeah and that's why I think Mark Robinson's saying it is untenable it, it really is untenable in its present form but there's a lot of disagreement between the provincial unions the players association New Zealand rugby the money came in from Silver Lake every NPC team got a million dollars well for a lot of those teams I know that just got them away from bankruptcy and they didn't have any money left to get them away from bankruptcy so uh, watch your space on the NPC but as long as those green and white hoops are going out there I'm happy right we shall take a break we'll come back and Sammy will tell us what's making news around the world helping you tune out your annoying workmate you're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? It was lucky. I had my mic on that whole ad break. No, I just turned it on as we came out. Um... Yeah. Hey, lots lots going on in the world of news. Tell me. Uh, I thought you were telling me to wrap it up there. No. <laughs> Gee, it's a quick as what's making news we've ever done. <laughs> Taking back over from Rubinho, who did a pretty good job last week, uh, he really focused in on the theme of world records. He loves records. He loves a record, doesn't he, Rubinho? Um, well, I don't quite have... In fact, I don't have any records in here, so sorry about that. But I do have a very funny story out of the uh, Live Golf li- League Tour. What do you call it? Live Tour? It's called the Live Tour, isn't it? Yeah, it's and we never talk about it anymore. No, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's weird that it's still going sort of on its own. Uh, now, you would have seen the news about Phil Mickelson um, in, his, in a new book coming out about um, his gambling problem, right? Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I've known about it. How much? It was, was it a lot? I'm trying to remember how much. It was like $30 million or is that yeah, way He nearly too? went broke. Yeah. Well, um, quite funny then at uh, the, L, uh, the Live event over the weekend um, a fan as Phil was walking off one of the tee boxes said uh, I bet you a thousand bucks you, you don't make birdie on the on the night pole <laughs> <laughs> and Phil apparently laughed and said I would but I'm not a gambling man <laughs> that's good that's quality that's quality from lefty um, I actually should have looked up and saw how he did on that hole because if he birdied it he would have been regretting it um, now this is a feel good story staff out oh, of uh, out of the MLB John Singleton um, who plays for the Houston Astros uh, hit a home run uh, the other night uh, in uh, against the Mets. Sorry, oh no, sorry, it was it was against Baltimore? Um, eight years and thirteen days since his last home run. Wow, that's two thousand nine hundred and thirty-five days if you were counting. So in between that time. Uh, he received a 100-game suspension for failing a marijuana test in his young career. It was released by the Astros, uh, for which he had been a top prospect originally. Uh, he opened a gym, uh, toiled away in the Mexican League, uh, toiled away in the minors for the Milwaukee Brewers, played all of 11 games in the majors for the Brewers, and was designated for assignment wound back up in the Astros system. Um, and then after a, after a year or two, he found his way sort of on the on on the in the main side, and. Um, in less than half an hour on his sort of return against the, uh, it was against the Angels, sorry, um, he hit a home run. And it's the first uh, since, what's that, 2015? And Eight years. guess what? He hit two of them. 
in the, in his first time. game back. He hit it two of them in his first <laughs> game back. That's awesome. It was actually a sold out crowd because they had come to see Justin Verlander's 500th career start. Um, but yeah, here here was old uh, John Singleton. Love that two home runs. I just think that's amazing. 2,935 days. That's a long time between drinks. Are you an Adam Sandler fan? Yeah. Um, I've been running these polls on my Instagram about films, and it surprised me how many people love his films because I know he's quite polarizing. What's your favorite Adam Sandler? Um, there's got two. Water Boy, you got Water Happy Gilmore, you got. Um, he did a romant, a, a funny romance. Mr. Deeds. Was he? Was he? Just go with it. No. With uh, Brooklyn Decker. No. Who was uh, Andy Roddick's wife? Yeah. Um, no, there was. He wasn't Fifty First Dates, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I like Fantastic that. Fantastic film with uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah, and Waterboy. And Waterboy. Um, well, he's uh, bringing out a new Netflix film, mm-hmm. and he's decided to include his entire family. It stars Adam Sandler, uh, Sadie Sandler, Sonny Sandler, Jackie Sandler, <laughs> and more. It's going to be the first film for Adam Sandler where all of his family are involved. I wonder if they'll play themselves, or that he'll give them separate parts and expect them to act. Because <laughs> uh, it could backfire if they're not that good, or if it gets really bad reviews. It'll sort of be on Adam. And um, spare a thought for people on a flight via Iraqi Airways. Sounds scary Not my particular airline of choice, but if you did have to fly it, Steph, just be careful of what's in the cargo hold because over the weekend they've found themselves in a little bit of hot water after a bear (laughs) escaped in the cargo hold. Um, Everyone obviously had to get off the plane. It took them about two hours to, I guess, sedate it and get it back to where it was supposed to be. But the, the question I've got is why on earth is a, there's a bear being transported on Iraqi airways out of Dubai? And uh, secondly, you know, if you're transporting a bear, surely, surely you're talking maximum security. And this thing was able to get out. And a tantalised cage. Apparently it was all, the story said it was all within the coordinates of the law and the procedures and standard approved by the International Air Transport Association, but... Uh, you do remember that Dubai is the world's busiest international airport, so mm. had that thing been able to Wreaked get havoc. loose, um, bury, bury me. Um, fact of the day to finish, uh-huh. Harvard, 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 if you're in Boston, it is in Boston. Harvard. I didn't know, that. I always thought it was in New York, eh? and then I went over there, it was in, I actually went there and I touched the little golden foot of the guy, there's like a big statue and he's got a golden toe, and you're supposed to touch it for good luck. Um... It was founded in 1636, Harvard, mm-hmm. um, and was the oldest university in the U.S. I don't know if you knew that. Up until 1898, when the U.S. colonized uh, the Philippines, and there was a university in the Philippines, Santo Tomas, which was founded in 1611. So because they colonized them and they became a U.S. territory, now theoretically uh, the oldest university in America is Santo Tomas, founded in 1611. Wow. Yeah. Where is Tulane? Is that how you say it? Tulane, yeah, it's in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Sort of an interesting roll wave roll. Interesting thing about them. Oh. They've got kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, there's some kids there that are the kids of like two of the, uh, lots of kids mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. two of the biggest oil families. What, in America <coughs> or like in, in Saudi Arabia? Okay. In the world. Uh, but they're American. And the professor of science was. Uh, set up a protest that they shouldn't rec- that universities in America shouldn't receive funding from fossil fuel companies, and a guy did some digging, and Tulane University 
just last year received $25 million from these two families. Wow. One for a gym and one for and a sorry, he's conference. the professor at Tulane. Yeah, and he, <sighs> and he set it up. And uh, this guy in the court said, uh, you do know that? Well, yeah, I do. And he said, that's hip- hypocritical. No, it's not. Oh, it's classic. Tulane, it's one of the great universities as well, wasn't it? Uh, I wouldn't say great, but it's a decent school. Good football program, I think. Tulane, roll, roll wave, roll. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a lot. Look, there's a lot of them. Staff, a lot of universities. <laughs> there in America. are a lot. There are a lot. Uh, last break before the news. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, some text messages have come in. One good one from Lachlan saying, "No issues with the way the Warriors are going about their business." They are winning games, and with that, it starts to become a habit, which come finals time is a good sign. It's also very difficult to come up against teams like the Tigers, who play with zero expectations or pressure and can throw the ball around. It'll be the same over the next three weeks with the Eagles, Dragons and Dolphins, who will have nothing to lose. Great point, Lachlan. Uh, Staffy, when Manawatu play Tasman, it'll be for the Ranfurly Shield. You are bang on, Kerry. You are bang on. Staffy, good comeback from the Bay in the 80th minute to win against Counties Monaco. Turbo's not so lucky. Up the Vikings. Marcy and Hawks Bay, up the Vikings. Oh, the Central Vikings. The Harbour were good and unlucky against us. I think that's Tim from Christchurch. Got a Staffy. I can guarantee you there are only around four to five unions that are under the salary cap in the MPC. There's no way in the world some unions are under the 1.1 million salary cap. Some unions are hoarding many young players in their academies, many from smaller unions. It's set to change next year. Bring on some change. We'll go FIFA World Cup after the news. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. So the FIFA World Cup just keeps on dishing up drama, upsets, pressure, highlights. Oh, wowee. It's just been fantastic. And joining us now, uh, former, well, I don't want to say former, uh, once a Matilda, always Matilda, uh, Alicia Canavis joins us out of Australia. And Alicia, look, we are so pumped for the FIFA World Cup over here. And we're not even in it anymore. Oh, look, it was just one of those moments, I think, in sport. If you've got an appreciation for sport, what what a, what a moment, I think, if, if you look at the game and you look at the intensity of the game. I think Aussies and, and Kiwis have a shared love-hate for the French. There's something about beating the French as well. That's oh so sweet. I know I've seen it many times when the All Blacks face the French as well. So there's just it was one of those moments, I think, historically, the sport in our country here in Australia, but collectively as well for women's sport I think what a benchmark and I think the numbers they were talking over here by viewership were were 
matching those, if not slightly bigger than that moment with Kathy Freeman in that famous 400 metres at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. So a special night. Yeah, we, we saw the report this morning, the highest rating TV sports event in the last decade in Australia. Like, in your wildest dreams before the World Cup, could you imagine something like this happening? Never, actually. And I, I sometimes it pains me to say that. I think you touch on it before once the Matilda and you go, yeah, okay, you always feel the emotion and you feel the moments with the team along the way. And for so many years, it's sort of been raked with, with disappointment, um, sort of failures at, at major tournaments and particularly getting to a couple of quarterfinals. But the big scale stuff is... Well, it's one thing we we love it. We're we're on board. We we challenge the status quo, but the public um, getting on board and supporting the game. I think um, what the scenes in Eden Park have been sensational, particularly when New Zealand played there. But for us, just seeing stadiums full and fan parks full as well, it's just been superb. The amount of eyeballs on the game has just been unreal. Yeah, and um, I was watching the fan parks and uh, on our news, they were going around, you know, Perth, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, everywhere. And it's not just a few hundred people, Alicia. It's, you really yeah. do feel like the whole country uh, right in behind this special, this special event. How can the Matildas cope with this, this pressure? I mean, top four, that, that's a huge tick, but so much pressure on them now. Yeah, and it's it's a funny thing because I think in in talking to a couple of the the staff involved behind the scenes, that their belief system is just huge. I mean, uh, we we talk pressure, they talk belief, and the the language that's coming out of the camp is there's still more in us. We've still got more to give, and um, there's no I guess settling now. We've now passed this quarterfinal stage, which historically has been the furthest the Matildas team has been at a World Cup, but. They're, they're actually communicating and saying, well, you know what, watch this, watch Wednesday. And that's so exciting, but also makes me extremely nervous because we've got the English, old foes. We've just seen the ashes and all the drama, and I think now we've got a, our own version of it right here in Sydney. I was watching that um, penalty shootout with my with my old appearance, I guess it could say, uh, late, yeah. late night for Dad, and we were just just so nervous and there's these young pups from Australia these young Matildas with the weight of the country and the eyes of the world on them and geez they responded so well yeah and it's just that that is one of the things that amazed me um Mary Fowler Courtney Vine youngsters you know stepping up converting penalties pressure on them like nothing else um in front of that very full house at Lang Park, 55,000. That's a lot of pressure for anyone, let alone a youngster at their first World Cup. You know, it's, it's, it's high-pressure stuff. And I think we all felt it with them. I think the nation definitely felt it. Sounds like Kiwis felt it as well. But, um, you know, I've got family, again, a little bit older, that was saying it reminded them a lot of America's Cup, um, that famous win in the late 80s, that, that feeling, that elation um, around the country was just sensational. Um, I know it, it's hard to point out heroes, and I guess not being my number one team, being the Australians, I thought the Australian goalkeeper, the mental fortitude yeah. to take a penalty, miss, and then march back in goal and still have that mental toughness. So Australian. So Australian. I don't know what's in the water over here. Something's a little bit different to, <laughs> to create that, but it's definitely that tenacity, isn't it? It's it's to be able to stand in that situation, stand up against some of the best in the world 
and deliver. It, it's just incredible. Um, and not only that, she took a penalty herself, which is huge pressure that she mounted on herself as the goalkeeper, missed, and then got back in the goal and made some spectacular saves to keep them alive. So that type of, of guts, I'm going to call it guts, because that's what it is. Um, it, it's just incredible. And Mackenzie Arnold, she, for me, was the hero of the night. A quick, I want to look at the two semis coming up. Uh, Spain, Sweden kicks us off. Sweden have been based in New Zealand for most of their campaign, actually staying at a venue where one of my very good friends is the manager of, and he can't speak highly enough of this team. And a lot of Wellingtonians are now supporting the Swedes. Big task Amazing. against the Spanish, though, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and I think the, this all-European semi-final is, is definitely one to watch. We we obviously are hooked on our Aussies over here, but Sweden was just simply superb. I thought against the US, they were brilliant. That obviously went to penalties in Melbourne, but then notwithstanding their performance again in their quarterfinal, I thought they were just so, so dominant. I didn't see that coming from them. It feels like they've come good at the right time of the tournament as well. And uh, their goalkeeper as well, Musovic, was sublime for them on, on all of those occasions. And I think right now at this end of the tournament, it's all about the goalkeepers and keeping their players in the match. Um, Spain, though, some great, great youngsters, some great experienced players. The Ballon d'Or winner, Alexia Putellas, playing for them as well. So a huge matchup, one that's going to be very interesting. I know European teams play each other often, obviously through the UEFA system, but it's a World Cup. This match is going to be very different and very exciting. And stylistically, your Matilda's taking on the English side who are out without one of their uh, best players, I think, and James, um, who's serving a bit of a suspension. Stylistically, how do the Matildas and the English side match up? Look, I think it'll be quite a similar matchup just by way of formation. Uh, both teams seem to like their 4-4-2. Um, they might change it out to be a 4-4-1-1, depending on, on how they strategize that lineup. But and the English, obviously, very, very direct in their play, very physical, very fit team. But what they like to do is just get ahead and then hold. You notice the English don't really press for too many more goals um, in this tournament. In the Euros, definitely they had some big wins, 8-0 wins, 4-0 wins. But in this tournament, they've been pretty happy getting to 1-0, 2-0 and, and sort of holding. And that's been it uh, where they can. So there's been real no press or, or strike force that that's particularly impressed me. But I think the collective cohesion of the English, they've just, you know, grinded away at the results and they're there now. They're there where they want to be and they'll be looking to secure, obviously, uh, the World Cup final berth. That's very, very important. Australia, I think, a little bit faster, a little bit more frantic, a little bit more uh, dynamic, perhaps, in the attacking phases. And I think the test will be for the English defence, Lucy Bronze, Millie Bright, Rachel Daly, experienced players play against a lot of the Matildas in the WSL and I think it's going to be a really great matchup. And finally, we're talking to Alicia Canavis, uh, former, no, just just a Matilda. I'm not, I don't like former. <laughs> we are going to get a first-time winner. You talked about Australia. I said pressure. You said belief. All four teams will believe they can win this. There's no USA. The, the Netherlands are gone. So Canada's gone. All of these big names coming into the tournament, all gone. All four teams will have that belief. Correct. Correct. Uh, are you asking me to pick a winner? Yes, I do. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> as, as an Aussie, I actually said before we commentated the match on, on Saturday, I said, look, whoever wins, 
France, Australia will win the World Cup. That was my call. I'm going to stick with it and say Australia now with the 12th man or the 12th player, we'll, we'll see this through all the way, I think, to Sydney on the 20th of August and heaven help the team that they face in Sydney that night. Well, I work with an absolute rampant football fan over here. She's just gone online, changed her ticket. She was going to the final. She's bumped it back a little bit earlier, and she's going to be in the crowd for Australia, England, and cannot wait. Yeah, it's so cool. Hey, Alicia, I know a lot of time, um, your time is precious at this time of the World Cup. Really appreciate chatting to you all through the tournament. Uh, Enjoy the next few days. It'll be hard not to. Oh, thanks so much, and thank you to all the Kiwis that are supporting the trans-Tasman friends. It's, it's so important, and I think it's, it's going to be a fantastic week ahead. Absolutely brilliant. Elisa Canavis, uh, Matilda there, joining us on the show. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I have, I have received a text message from Graham, formerly of Northland, Hartstead on Northland, currently in Marlborough, and I reckon Graham started writing this at midday. It is a book, but it is good. Hi staff, welcome back. You mentioned you were away when the All Blacks were named. You were also away when the Silver Ferns bombed out of the World Cup. And there's been very little said about this disaster in the media. The CEO is not doing interviews and no one has bothered to ask Dame Nolene where was plan B after Grace Wickey went down with injury. I didn't see it. And why would you have your tallest defender playing out of position position at wing defence when she's eight centimetres taller than the other defenders and you're up against very tall shooters in the Jamaican team? Just doesn't look good for a sport which is now competing against rugby and now women's football. I'll get to your next point first. I'll address that one first. Graham, I was very disappointed. I saw the writing on the wall the game after Grace Wickey went out. I thought, key player, still hasn't reached her potential. I think she's going to be absolutely fantastic. But they look shell-shocked. Um, they did look shell-shocked. Now, I know she's... I think she's the best shooter in the world, close to, in the top three, anyway. And losing her, I always thought we were up against it. But then the dilly-dallying around with the positional stuff, and the point you bring up is the one that I really struggled with, with Kelly Jury playing wing defence. She's very tall, um, very long arms, very long limbs. But in wing defence, you have to be nimble, and nimble she is not. Not a, not a criticism, more an observation, because you're marking a wing attack who was running rings around her. Um, She had to be defending with her arms out, her arms up, and she wasn't. She had her arms down. Not her fault. She's not a wing defence. And you were right. Um, Janelle Fowler was the shooter, um, and they were just lobbing it to her continuously, taking out our aerial ability on defence with Kelly Jury not being in the circle. Now, Karen Berger, Jane Watson, uh, Sulu wasn't there, but... um, Fowler would have been a foot taller. Kelly Jury, not saying she'd completely diffuse it, but would have made that aerial game so much more. And the dilly-dallying around of positional play, uh, Phoenix Cuddock is the other one, actually. Um, fantastic players, but when you heighten the shooting circle from Jamaica, you have heightened defence, surely, and put Karen back to wing defence. So I'm with you. Um, I was very, very disappointed, and the adjustment wasn't made. Plan B, didn't have one. 
didn't have one. Um, I thought certain players played well. I think uh, Kate Heffernan played too many minutes. She looked leg weary. She's still good. It was her first World Cup. She's a young woman. I think she'll be a classy, classy player for a long, long time. Got leg weary. She's playing centre just about all game, every game. Um, that's the one you had to rest. Maddie Gordon potentially didn't get enough game time. But when we lost Grace Wecky, you had to give the concrete pills to your best seven remaining and saying, you guys are playing 80% of the rest of the games if we're any chance. It was no surprise to me that they went loss, loss, loss to round it all out. They tried their guts out. But the plan B wasn't there, so I'm with you, Graham. I was very, very disappointed. Uh, very sad for them because they did try hard. I thought they had the best preparation of any team because our national competition finished, I think, seven weeks before the World Cup. Um, Australia finished three weeks, I think it was. They had turmoil with contracting situations with Netball Australia. Um, basically saying if you want to play for Australia, you have to sign to stay in the local competition for three years. They said no, there was a standoff. I don't know where that's at. Um, we had a massive camp uh, on the Sunshine Coast in the heat. Uh, all the players were saying uh, the hardest pre-season camp they'd ever had, and it all just came undone with losses to England, Australia, and Jamaica. Not good, not great. The upside, um, the young players like like Grace, she'll come back. Kate Heffernan, great. Uh, Tiana Maturo, who was inserted on Grace's demise, um, still a young woman. I think the next cycle will be good. But the, here's the thing, Graham. I'm hearing murmurings that we're looking at re-discussing the potential to take on Australia at club level again. Um, Yvonne Willering came out and said we need to play Australia domestically the ANZ Premiership while it's good it's a good competition and it's good locally it's not hard enough to prepare our, our women for international netball so whether that takes the form of um, our top two play their top two home and away then you get the grand winner I'd like to see the top four from each side of the Tasman New Zealand's top four, Australian's top four, go into some pool play. You could get it, you could play, you could play Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, done. Or, you know, could, what did they play? I think the winner had to play seven or eight games in 10 days. So that's the way netball tournaments work. So you could do a week, a week tournament um, somehow. Or the New Zealand teams played all the Aussies and then the Aussies played all the New Zealanders or points could carry through. Come up with something. Come up with something. Because New Zealand trans-Tasman sport, trans-Tasman rivalry in any sport just adds to it. Play half of it or play one year in New Zealand, one year in Australia. Have it all at Southland Stadium. Have it all at Globox Arena in Hamilton. Have it all in one of the netball stadiums in Australia but give it something meaningful and make you chase that top three or top four spot, whatever the qualification is. It needs re-energising. We were talking about the NPC. It's not a, sustain a sustainable model. I think what that World Championships in Cape Town, Graham, and other netball people has borne out is what we're doing with our netball in New Zealand isn't preparing us for the global stage. I don't think. I don't think. Graham's second point is scroll down... Uh, 
Auckland, uh, I finally went to a Marco game against Auckland, and they were rubbish in the first half. Not sure what game Ken was watching, but Akira spent most of the game wanting to slap people, either when he was tackling or being tackled. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Vern Cotter can do with his attitude because something needs to change. That's Graham. Yeah, Akira, I think he's a wonderful player, but he's like, he's an unfinished product. And I'd imagine Ken would even agree with that. When Akira Iwani has a good game, he's fantastic, but they're too few and far between. And I've often said, he plays, like when he was at school, I'd imagine he would have dominated at schoolboy rugby and hasn't adapted. I used to watch when he first came into provincial rugby, he'd run high because at schoolboys, when you're the big guy, the bully boy, you can run high and dust people off. In senior rugby, you can't. And I've, I've never felt like Akira has made the transition, and I want him to. I want him to play to his potential every single week because when he's on, he's very, very destructive. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what Vern Cotter can do with him as well. A text from the Life member, Zaid. I'm looking forward to the Warriors' next two games. I've got tickets to the Seagulls and the Dragons. Jeez, you're a good, you're a good fan, champion. I missed you, Zaid. Missed chatting to you, Zaid. In fact, I missed a phone call from Zaid on Instagram while I was away. It might have been a pocket call. I only saw, I was driving and didn't see it. Anyway, and there's a great UFC card coming up this weekend. Sean O'Malley. And a large main Sterling, Sterling, Sterling O'Malley, Sean O'Malley. He's the Irish guy with covered in tattoos and big hair. I think that's him. I think that's him. Um, so yes, Graham and Zade, thank you for your text. You're always welcome to text, folks. Double eight, double three. Uh, even got time for phone calls probably as well. Soon we're going to be talking to Jimmy Smith across the ditch. Did you know? Here's a fun fact. I wonder if Jimmy Smith knew. Um, New Zealand, the New Zealand men's team, won the World Underwater Hockey Champs in the weekend. I think it was in the weekend. And they were the defending champs. The last World Champs were five years ago. um, And they were supposed to play in 2020, but um, COVID stopped that. Uh, They won in 2018 in Quebec. uh, And this time, and they went through pool play this time, undefeated. They won 23-0 against Germany. And in the knockout stages, they faced Spain and Great Britain. And then they went on to play France in the final. And they won that one 4-2. 4-2. Each team member had to stack up uh, between five dollars and $8,000 to go to the Worlds. Um, most of them work full-time. That's fantastic. More world champions. And doing it in Australia. We're, we're pretty good at the old underwater hockey. Um, did you hear as well while you were away the Jimmy Smith Coco Magic ad that we played, that we made for him? I did. Mm. It was very long. Oh, it was only a minute and a half. Oh, was it? Yeah. He loved it, eh? I don't know. Did he? <laughs> I just, yeah, I was just wondered. I just wondered if you'd heard it. Yeah, I'd heard it. I, I did go, like it. Go, go, go. Was, um, like the voice, I actually think the best voice at SCNZ for, for voicing ads and stuff like that is Brendan English, who we use sometimes for Show Me the Money if we're down, if we're down a troop. Um, he's got a fantastic voice. He's, I've got the ad here if you want to hear him, hear his voice on it. Have or, you got time? I don't have to play the whole thing. Yeah, just play stuff. Okay. Uh, here it is. Go, 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 magic. 
hottest spot north of Havana <laughs> at the Coco, Coco Magic. Music and fashion were always the fashion at the Coco, Coco Magic. Now, Are Sammy, you feeling a little loco? Here he is. Why not try some cocoa? Cocoa Magic, that is. <laughs> a unique blend of 100% coconut water. Cocoa Magic is full of vitamins, nutrients, and good times to keep you hydrated I need and a little energized laugh. throughout the First day. Bit here. Throw it in a mojito, blend it into a smoothie, or even just drink it on its own. It's that good. <laughs> the little chuckle. <laughs> that was great. P-Man, and I love the unique blend of 100% coconut water. Now, you've obviously grabbed some people from the office in to sing the chorus part. Just one person. Who was it? Joe Bell. Oh, he Joe was the Bell. only person who'd do it. No one else wanted to do it. So I said, Joey, come with me, mate. And he said he could sing, and then we, I experienced that. And um, and he can. He may not get his opportunity again. Brendan English, did you want to say something? Oh. Uh, you might need to turn your mic off. That's not, that's, <laughs> that's not his wife. That's not you. Uh, here you are. Go there on, There you son. go. You worked out the board in the end. No, I love that, Ed. I thought it was really well produced by you, Sam. I thought yeah. you did really well. Thanks. The maybe, script was okay because you get a lot of scripts the wrong across career. Your, you get a lot of scripts across your desk. How did it compare to sort of some of the ads you've been voicing get here? Your heart <laughs> racing with harness racing. The one I love from oh. you at the moment, actually, Brendan, is where you say um, they can help you build a sustainable farms. <laughs> You've both pluralised it and singleized it. It's fantastic. A lot of people do around the office. Like I leave like little Easter eggs and not on purpose. Okay. I do it completely by accident. <laughs> where I'll just pronounce, fans. I'll pronounce something wrong. Or what's oh, the TAB one he gets? From? Oh, he goes. Uh, it, it, clearly, it's supposed to say all the TAB odds. And now that I've told everyone, you're going to hear this a lot. Um, it's supposed to say you can get all the TAB odds updates. Everything you need. But he sort of reads it like there's a comedy. He goes all the TAB. Odds updates you need. <laughs> it's like broken up thinking that there's like a comma there. All I the just, TAB odds updates you need. Oh, I just get words on a page and I just have to sort of make it up as I go along. Mm. Do, you, do you get quite excited when you ask to do a read an ad? I think I, I used to a little bit, but now it's got to the point where it's like just a little chore. Because I just yeah. do Dills, one of our salespeople just voiced an ad. Mm. Yeah, he loves that. There's a lot of voices out in the office that they need to get behind it more, you know? Mm, mm. You know, there's some voices out there that need to stand what up. What would your advice be to someone young sort of in the industry, Brendan, who's <laughs> thinking of getting into voicing A ads? voice actor. Just back yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. You it's know? about confidence, isn't it's it? It's about or? confidence. It's about giving a good crack and practice makes perfect. Yeah. How, what sort of a routine, what sort of practices are you doing oh, at home? What sort of exercises I do, can you do? When I wake up, I do, um, <laughs> yeah, I do my mouth stretches, um, my throat stretches. Mm. Um, get everything nice and warm. Oh, I've got some exercises for you, actually. <laughs> Do you remember, Sam, you might be old enough to remember who Dick Weir is? Uh, rings a bell. So when I was a kid, he used mm. to read Sunday morning. Um, there was a kid's show on every radio station in New Zealand. He used to read the stories, Bad Jelly, The Witch, um, Sparky Thinks, The Train Talks, all these mm. sorts of things. Mm. And he was the voice coach at the TRB when I first started doing media. Oh. And here's the two warm-up exercises. Okay, yeah, I've got a couple for you. Go on. Etika betika, etika betika, etika betika, etika betika. And lippity pippity, lippity pippity. Wow, I've got a couple for you that are a bit risky for on air. Um, I can assure you there's no swearing, but it sounds like there is. I don't know whether I can. Have a go. Um, I'm not the sheet slitter. I'm the sheet slitter's son, and I'll be slitting sheets till the sheet slitting's done. Oh, Do you want to try that one, Steve? No, I don't. <laughs> the other one is Mrs. Rumble Bumble. I don't know if you've heard that one. Has a ru- No, I won't say that one. It's no, not for on air, but you can do that. And then what's the other one that goes, um, 
it's like the note. You sort of go like one, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, then you go up to ten and then ten. And then you go eight, eight, seven, eight, eight, seven, six, seven, eight, eight, seven, six, five, six, seven, eight. It's all drama thing for you. Anyway, Brendan, we've wasted far too much of your time. because I know you're a busy man. I know why he's here. Why is that? He would have been part of Show me the money. Show me the money last week and he wants to see how it went. I do. We'll find out after the news. Show you the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Well, I have no idea who was involved, what you took, how it I'll tell you exactly who was involved. It was me, the man sitting next to me, Brendan English, uh, Rubinio, Robbie McFarlane, and our listener. Can't quite remember your name, but... um. No, Robbie was the producer. Oh, yeah, we took. Did we take a Robbie as well? I think we did take Robbie a Robbie. From Christchurch? Uh, from Queenstown, maybe. Oh, Queenstown. And um, it was awkward because I was saying Robbie and none of them knew who was supposed to talk. <laughs> so, uh, what we took to start off with, uh, I think I might have actually been the first one, Steph. I took uh, Sonia Taruva. Yeah, Sonia Taruva to score uh, for the Panthers against uh, the Seagulls after the kicking duel they had at Brookvale. Oh, he's picked straight away. It's a kicking duel. <laughs> We're back to nine. And now Edwards is running away. And Crichton's got the ball. And back for Taruva. Taruva, he's gone straight through them. They're appealing for an obstruction. Few of the Manly players. Taruva puts it down under the post. Easy, easy, easy it was. Gerard Sutton. Through them. He did, actually, after a little king duel. It was very, very bizarre. So, hey, look, one from one there, Steph. Happy days. Uh, then we'll go to some more rugby week. And uh, this is Brendan English with a fantastic tip. Uh, the Warriors <laughs> v. the Tigers. He you took said uh, that just like he the Warriors. It. Fantastic. He took the Warriors to win both halves. The Warriors leading at halftime by 16 points to 12. All right. That's all that matters. It's the Warriors 30, the Tigers 22. Oh, won both halves by one, four. Won both He's halves. good, Brendan. Fantastic. Uh, the other one was, uh, I think it was Matsuyama, I think that's her name, to score for Japan uh, against uh, Sweden. Here's Endo. Japan come again. Into the danger area. Now they've got one back. Thrust in by Hayashi. Oh. The substitutes. And Japan live again. They I knew again. they had a goal. I was just hoping it was yeah, They live again, but the multi dies. Uh, the last one was um, Buller to beat Poverty Bay 1-12. to Can't get any audio of that because um, it's somewhere deep into the dark places of the internet. But uh, I think they won 53-33 or something. Or 52 Poverty Bay won. Was it? Oh, Poverty Bay won. Yeah. He took Buller 1-12. to I think Poverty Bay won. Are you sure it wasn't the other way around? You probably are right, but he took Buller 1-12. to uh, so I'll, I'll just give just that a... So anyway, Steph, the moral of the story is uh, we lose again. Is that far, oh, that's Farah Palmer. Hang on, stand by. I'm pretty sure Poverty Bay won. I might be wrong. I don't want to get that wrong. Poverty Bay 52, Buller 33. Yeah, there you so go. So that's a difference of uh, 19, so minus 12. So you got that wrong by 31. 31. 32. <laughs> Well, we'll go again on this. Heartland. Have we ever had a Heartland and show me the I money? Thought, I, I said at the time, I think that was the first time. I think that was the first time we've had that. Although I feel like there may have been a King Country somewhere on East Coast. No, there was some. There was an East Coast one when they had um, Rico Gear and all those guys playing. Or Jose Gear playing. Yeah, correct. I think you took them. It the must have start. won. Show me the money and put East Coast in. Yeah. Nati. I think you did it. 
because you got the oil that they were playing and you were oh, like, oh, the point start or something wasn't. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I'd yeah. do something stupid like that. No, I think it won. Well, your oh, league, okay. your league Something won. incredibly intelligent <laughs> like that. Um, what are you laughing at, Ren? Uh, Poverty Bay third on the table. We're going to go across to Jimmy Smith at the moment. Heartland table. South Canterbury top it with West Coast second. Poverty Bay third, North Otago fourth. Just based on points difference at the moment. They're just one game in. Do like the Heartland as well. Righto, we're going to go across the ditch to talk to Jimmy Smith, our Australian comrade, right after this. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, very soon going across to Jimmy Smith. No doubt we'll hear that piece of audio. Vintage SJ. He's one trick pony. This is Jimmy Smith. Across the ditch right oh, here now, he is, here he is, here he is. Hey. Hey, big fella. <laughs> what are you all fired up about? You oh. guys are rubbish at football. Oh, it's our first day. Well, it's my first day back at work after a week off, Jimmy. Lots of ah. energy. Lots of energy. Now. Now, were well, you doing something for charity, weren't you, for yeah, a couple yeah. of days down there? Yeah, how'd it go? Well, you know, you've got the Flying Doctors Service over there. We've got, we've, yes. we've got the Life Flight Trust, fully uh, not government-funded at all, and they, re- they rely on sponsorship and fundraisers. An amazing, yeah. an amazing afternoon on Friday in Wellington, Jimmy. They raised $406,000. Incredible. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and was, you would have been at the heart of that. Heart yeah. and soul, table one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bidding on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Annoying bloke on table one. Yeah, that's me. Bidding on everything but never buying. <laughs> Mate, nervous I, sweat. Nervous sweat when he came down to knocking it, knocking it down. Third and final call. Oh, I, I cringe like four of my paintings went into the auction as well, and I just absolutely pack myself sitting there watching it, going, "Don't be a disaster. Don't be a disaster." Okay, but no, okay, hang on, well. whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up on that one too, because I saw something on social media. But now that you've brought it up live across the airwaves, across <laughs> international uh, airwaves too, mm. by the way. Mm. Your own paintings. How long have you been painting for, Staffy? Um, I painted one in my last year at secondary school. And yes. then I didn't yeah. do art, but my maths teacher taught me his method, which is quite cool. And then I started again about five years ago. And how did they sell on Friday afternoon? Oh, ridiculously well. It, it was almost embarrassing. Like Right. Um, Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer. Yes. Wasn't in attendance, but I'd painted him and he'd signed it saying um, just another day in the office. That's That was the lowest price, 4500 Oh, wow. And then the highest price, I think, was the Sir Graham Henry one, uh, the wonderful man, World Cup winner, $12,500 signed. And they, and they sit for you for how long? What do you mean? Do they, do they sit for you? No, you no, 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 no. Heck no. no. Could you get Graham Henry to sit down in my place for a for a whole weekend? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I thought it might have been like the Archibald Prize over here, where the people go and sit. Oh bit. no! Well, I, you just do it off a photo, or something. I do it off a photo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Well, we're gripped <clears> by Matilda's fever over here. So are we. Is that right? Yes, yes. We actually had um, Alicia Canavis on with us earlier today, and yes. we are so. In behind, I think I speak on behalf of most Kiwis. So behind the Matildas. Okay, that's fantastic of you. We're we're up against the Lionesses. I thought you might think, uh, who would you prefer to lose to, Australia or England? Who us? 
Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, out of those two countries, like, who would you go, oh, I'd much rather Australia win than England ever win anything? Yeah, well, there's the golden rule in New Zealand, which hasn't eked into football, like um, whoever's playing England in rugby, we want them to win. Right. But whoever's playing cricket against Australia, we want them to win. Okay. Women's football, like, here's the truth, here's the reality. If the Matildas win this World Cup, it's really, really good for us. It's great for football in this part of the world. We are co-hosts. We've yes. had packed stadiums. I, mean, I was in Wellington on Friday for that function, as I say. There was just seas of people in orange shirts, um, Dutch flags, getting ready to go along and support that team. New Zealand have really, really got behind it so much more than I expected. It's so cool. Okay, so you've got Spain v Sweden at Eden Park. That'll yes. be a full house? Yes, yes. Yeah, right. uh, and Sweden, uh, they were based in Wellington at the New Zealand um, Institute of Sport, a fantastic facility, and they've got some real followers. So a lot of New Zealanders, particularly the Wellingtonians, are right in behind them. So that's going to be fantastic. Were any, are the Palmerston North still strongly against the Spanish team after they upped and left halfway through the tournament, knowing how boring it was there? Look, <laughs> the Tappers Bar had to had to close. Just right. people stopped going. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I get a good Tappers around here? Oh, yeah. what do you know? I just started one last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's good to know because we're, we're glad to hear you're cheering for us. Obviously, all of Australia. We are watching these. I was. I told people earlier. I was at a Sydney Roosters players reunion, and there was the game Roosters v Dolphins in full flight, and we were all watching the Matildas in mm. the penalty shootout in the bar. Amazing, yeah. I, all these old ex rugby league blokes. I watched my. I watched it with my parents on the Saturday night after the Warriors, and we got extra time, and then the penalty shootout, and my father was. The most animated that I've seen him since the 1987 Rugby World Cup. Oh, wow. Mm. It was the drama. And every penalty kick, my mum would say, every single kick. And how many were there? 18. This isn't fair. This just isn't fair. (laughs) Those poor girls. (laughs) Yes. There was even empathy and compassion from all the ex-Roosters players for the French players. Yeah. This is just so difficult. So difficult. Here's an interesting story. France was beaten by the Black Ferns in the Women's Rugby World Cup last year. They had a kick to win it on full time, a penalty to win it to make the final, and they missed. The next day, the great Dan Carter went round to the French hotel and had a chat to the girl that missed and told her how to get over it. How good's that? Is he that sort of bloke? I know he's, he's he flogging off perfume at the moment. Is he, <laughs> he is that bloke. He's doing the circuit here <laughs> uh, with his DC-10, which I thought, you know, universally, that's so inventive. His, his initials and his nickname, DC. I know. It's probably his number plate. he used to wear too. number 10. <laughs> you know, how good's Dan? I think, wow, marketing genius. What are you going to call your perfume, Dan? DC10. Fair enough. Oh, geez, where'd you come up with that? Yeah, exactly. I've sent you a photo of the Graham Henry painting, by the way. Okay. On, I'll our, look forward to, on our group chat. Yeah, I look forward to looking to that. So, France lost last year uh, against the Silver Ferns. France lost on Saturday night against the Matildas. And France lost the 1987 Rugby World Cup final, too. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I tell you an interesting thing, an interesting thing, an an auction item at the mm. function was 
um, a rugby jersey done into quarters. So All Blacks, yes. Wallabies, South Africa, England, and the coaches of all the winning World Cups. And before they auctioned it, they said, we will guarantee whoever wins the World Cup this year, we're going to send it to the captain and they'll sign it. And a guy yelled out, what if it's France? Because the jersey's in quarters. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask you this? What if it's Ireland? Yeah, what if it's Ireland as well? Two of, yeah. the, two of the top two favourites there. And what, what, what did the organisers then do? Nervously look at their notes? Yeah, I was thinking on. they might have to put a French <laughs> pocket on it or something. Or just, or just a little swastika, uh, not a swastika, a, what do you call it? A swatch of material. A swatch of material of French. Jeez. Right, yeah, they've got close to that. Jeepers, let's get off here before we get in trouble, folks. Oh, wow. It was nice speaking with you. I hope the painting goes well because I'm not sure what's going to happen with you from a broadcasting point of view after you getting all stuck into that stuff, Staffy. Anyway. Anything you want to say to him before before his last show tomorrow, Jimmy? Yeah, exactly. Sean Johnson with the little one-two step off the left foot. It's vintage SJ. Yeah, the Rush VG 101 of 32 in Cape Town. They're flashing everything. Oh, there we go. Back at you. I knew you were coming, Sammy. You came late, but I knew you were coming. So oh, you boys. Excellent. Gotta go. There he is, Jimmy Smith. Cross the ditch. I need a breath. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here's what happened back in the day. August 14, 1948. The Don only needed to score four runs to reach 7,000 test runs with an average of 100, but he was bowled second ball and dismissed for just 52 and lost the fifth test by an innings. He finished on 99.94 average. Oh, I would have come back and played another one. Back-to-back 400-metre titles for Ian Thorpe. Uh, The Thorpedo uh, defended his Olympic 400 metres freestyle title. Uh, Birthdays today died in 2023. In fact, no. Just Fontaine. Just Fontaine. Must have died today. Must. He. I died in February this year. Okay. But it was his birthday in 1933. Oh, get it organised. Magic Johnson, it's his birthday today, turned 64. Robin Soderling's 39, Swedish tennis player. Marty McKenzie, Kiwi first five. Damien's brother, he turns 31. If you're born on this day in 81, the number one movie was Raiders of the Lost Ark. I watched that, I liked it. And here's the number one song. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. Lately something's changed, it ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make a mind Jesse's girl, thank you very much Sammy Great to be back in the chair, catch up with you all tomorrow